0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the IWP Network, or if it's your first time, welcome hanging out with us. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast and feedback is always welcome. So make sure to check the links below for all social media links, audio and video versions of this show and merch. We look forward to hearing from you and hearing that feedback and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, take two. Hopefully this works. Uh give us a test, Brian. Test, test. Oh, test. he sounds beautiful. Dun dun ch- <laughs> dun, dun,
1: dun. <laughs> what a, dun 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 What oh, a Test music. I like that.
0: I like that a lot. It was horrible. So even though we you know we're we're ninety-four <laughs> episodes in, we still have technical difficulties, you know. Uh just gonna
1: just check real quick. It was a little bit of delay. Just but make Brian sure you guys is, can hear us okay. Brian's the main one, so Brian's not Echoey's not full of flange, and we will be talking yeah. Jim Crocker yeah. promotions tonight. Thank you so much. Everything you want to know about the nba but are afraid to ask. And then, so. Yeah, it was what we'll be coming tonight. Not current NWA. We'll get that in the Patreon episode. But for this one, just the Jim Crocker promotions. Mid Atlantic, WCW, Ma- many names there. I <laughs> yeah. bet
2: many people, I, I would be surprised if anybody listening to this podcast. Knows who
1: Irish Haran is, but you will learn a lot about him today. <laughs> he sounds like a very Irish man. Yes, he he's Irish Haran. He's the most Irish man his, of all his, time. Yeah, his first name is actually Irish, and last name is very Irish. So, well, like his 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 first name—that was his nickname. It was wow. like James. Oh, here. okay. I oh, know it was
2: John because, like, it's almost like Johnny Moran. Oh, okay.
1: Johnny Moran! Jenny, Johnny Johnny Irish Johnny Moran. That should be his a new gimmick for him. <laughs> yeah, Irish Johnny Moran. Ja- Irish Johnny Moran.
0: Uh, for first off, well, let's thank our, our amazing people over at Patreon. We do have a Patreon account. Five dollars gets you extra content. One dollar gets you a shout out. If you want a shout out for your podcast or your business or your restaurant or, or, or whatever, or you just want to show us support to us because mm-hmm. you're a great person, uh, you can do that. But we want to thank real quick uh, the Tree of Life Metaphysical Shop. Uh, for their donation, Brad Zalonis, the PA Driver Podcast, Hireth and Other Words Podcast, Jay, Austin Blackwell, and Jennifer Myers. We also have the live chat going, so if you guys are hanging out with us, you want to talk, uh, talk to us, ask some questions, uh, join in the conversation, you can do so with the, with the live chat. And then a uh, last bit of news here. I bet you I got rid of it. No, I didn't. Oh, I think I did.
1: Pretty soon you're going to have it memorized. About Abaddon Studios.
0: Abaddon Tattoo Studios. Because <laughs> I was having
1: memorized.
0: Uh, Abaddon Tattoo Studios is a unique experience. A wonderful
1: sponsor. We, we, you want freestyle? Let's freestyle it. Okay, Abaddon Studios is a tattoo studio in Pine Grove, Pennsylvania. Yep. It is one of our sponsors, and they have, I don't know how many artists, but three or four? But, yeah, I about, think. About yeah. Four, yep. and, and if you go on their Facebook page, you can see all the, the good work they do. Um...
0: You, their Instagram has hyperlinks oh. to every single oh, really? artist in their bio. Oh, wow, bios. That, that's cool. So you can click on the artist and it take you to their personal page, yeah. and you can check out their whole. And if background.
1: you're going to get a tattoo, always look into the artist and the place you're going. Make Very sure clean. It, yeah, I was sterile. gonna say this place is clean, sterile. You don't have to worry about anything like that. It's not dirty. It doesn't look dark and no, it's dingy. Beautiful. Yes,
0: it, it smells like a hospital. Oh, that's,
1: I've never been there, but I've seen pictures. Yeah, so again, we have to go for like pictures. group tattoos. Yeah, I want to get something. I want to get. Like, I'm going
2: to are... get Randy Savage's glasses tattooed over my eyes. There you go. That'd be a great tattoo. Yeah, that, so that's like, going to be my new thing now. Every every episode, I'm going to come up with a fun new ta- wrestling <laughs> tattoo <laughs> that I'm totally going to get. Like that guy that got the belt tattooed on his like, big beard. <laughs> on, <God. yeah. laughs> on his
0: abdomen, yeah. So thank you to my our tattoo My favorite one show. like that is
1: the one with the Philly fanatic and the nose is his belly button. Oh, okay, yeah. You ever yeah. see yeah. that guy? <laughs> yeah.
0: That guy's a legend.
1: Yeah, Abaddon Tattoo Studio. Uh, is that the full name? Yep. Abaddon Tattoo Studio, Pine Grove, Pennsylvania. Right on the main street there. You can't miss it. Right by the down from the, the, the one... Stoplight. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, we will be recording our Patreon content uh, immediately following this episode, and it'll be uploaded tonight, so you can check it out tonight if you're a late, if you're a, a night bird, or you can check it out in the morning if you if you wake up early, you can check it out. We'll be talking. Anytime um, after. Yeah, we'll be talking fast lane. We'll do a little fast lane mm-hmm. preview. We're gonna talk some news that happened recently in wrestling because mm-hmm. we're only we're like a bi monthly show, so we're not like once a month show. Sometimes two times a month. And debate uh,
1: coming back with the pay per view. Yeah, got we'll some news, that.
0: and then uh, we're our little gimmick for the Patreon yes. is going to be we're gonna book our worst wwe card card pay-per-view like pay-per-view yeah. card the worst show you possibly can <laughs> yes mine's
1: gonna be called slow lane slow lane, mine, slow see, lane. I took breakdown, a, no breakdown, lane. breakdown my, lane mine is ass lane
0: ass lane <laughs> ass lane uh mine's gonna be it sucks mine's gonna be night it's gonna be called night quill night quill
1: i'll yeah. oh, try try and Monday stay Nightquil, <laughs> where yeah where the big boys play there with was each other. Like a time in like like 2011 and i was watching a survivor series i was just like Ugh. I was like an hour in I was like this feels like it's taking forever some like big multi man with like Mark Henry and Oh lady see my multi man I did not give a shit at all I said I'm I'm I just going to go to sleep So
0: just a preference when
1: we do we're not
0: I don't want to be like every other podcast where we shit on wrestling or we shit on stuff. Like sometimes we're like, "Oh man, that was rough," but like we do have respect for the people in the business. We have re- respect for the people who do it. Not every show is a hit. Everyone has a bad day. Everyone has a bad match. Our podcast is probably not up your alley, and you probably think these guys are shit. But that and that's fine. That's your opinion. But we really want to preface that we're booking the match based on how we think how WWE has created these characters and their talent and their abilities. Some guys leave the company and they're fantastic and they're great mm-hmm. talents and they're, they're amazing. But we're booking. Them as if they what they are right now in WWE, yes, yes,
1: and some people, and so <laughs> on, and, and, and we'll do an AEW one eventually. Yeah, too. we'll so do an AEW talking. Um, I
0: want to do one where it's like the ultimate, like fantasy booking. Oh, we just pick for people for that, or a lot of <laughs> any era, oh, any my. company, <laughs> the worst, but the card worst, with the worst card ever, ultimate, <laughs> like, yeah, the dream match edition, but like the matches, like, the, we'll call it the nightmare matches, yeah.
2: Um, no, no, no! Shot at Cody there. Um, I have. I actually have a suggestion for that. If if we're doing another show around WrestleMania, just uh, you can pick like an eight match card, or let's say a twelve match card because it's WrestleMania. But you can only pick one match from one WrestleMania. Like you can't do like two matches from one WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You can't use the same wrestler twice. You can't use the same gimmick match twice, and you can't have the same title on the line twice. Okay.
0: How many? Just to give a preview for our Patreon people, what what gimmicks? Give us one gimmick you did.
1: Well, I, have I have a lumberjack match. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Ooh. That's a good way to get people in. I didn't go too gimmicky. I'd have eight matches. Okay. and I went six with a pre-show. Oh, okay. See, I didn't even think about the pre-show because a, a pre-show for my card would be very awful. I, I tried. <laughs> you know, the pre-shows are pretty awful.
0: <laughs> I tried. Um, oh, geez. I have a ladder match. Okay. Okay. I have a TLC four-on-four tornado tag. Oh, my God. And I have an Iron Man match.
2: I have a... That goes into double overtime. Let me
1: see how I worded it.
2: (laughs) I I do also have an Iron Man match, and I have brought back Raw Underground. Oh, Oh, that's a good one. I didn't
1: think about that. I I do not have an Iron Man match. I did not go the easy way there.
2: There may be a
0: Raw Underground superstar who will be in my pre-show. It might
1: be one of my (laughs) (laughs) shows,
2: Was it the guy that Bobby Lashley murdered?
0: Yeah. That was my favorite guy on Raw Underground. No, he may be he may be the tallest man that's so been on my, Underground.
1: My show will start... You with might a, be at my main event if we're thinking about the same guy. <laughs> my show will start with a match that's called Literally Who Cares Tag Team Title Match. <laughs> oh, you give them titles too? Yeah, well, well some, some have titles. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> uh, it's going to be exciting. So if you want to check out that episode, uh, it'll be on our Patreon uh, later on tonight or this morning, in the morning. Um, very busy day for, for some people here tomorrow. Uh, you're going to be... Live wrestling on Facebook.
1: Yes, on IWTV's Facebook for Believe Prague like they viewers' choice. Tad, yeah, viewers' choice tadpole something open. The tad like, the open tadpole open swim. Open swim. There we go. Uh, yeah, tadpole match. Yeah, so I will be on there live, and that's that camper's at, choice. I'm not sure what time that starts though.
0: The show I believe starts at six o'clock.
1: Oh, okay. So does that that start at six, or is it before? Because I know that the the pre-show, if you want to call it that, is is before the main show. Yes, it is on IWT. The whole show,
0: the whole show is on IWT. So it's not like the pre-show, and then you have to go to IWT Network and Mm -hmm. subscribe and watch it. The whole things on Facebook. Thing for free, and they are
1: doing Mm -hmm. a thing where you can book the. The show.
0: Yeah, so this is going to go by live tweeting. So mm-hmm. you get to vote the stipulations for the match as it's happening. I so they're it's... literally doing a live wrestling show, and then you as the audience participate by ha- by using the hashtags and, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I think...
2: And then the, the show itself will be facebook.com
1: slash independent wrestling. Okay, yes. and if you do, I believe it's what? At Camp Leapfrog on Twitter? I'm, I'm going to check right now.
0: Yes, uh, at, at Camp Leapfrog. Yep, uh, that's exactly what it is. So
1: it's a very easy to remember.
0: Um, it is sponsored by the Wicked Turtle Network. The camp, the campers' choice, um, high tension wrestling, and uh, IWTV. It will be. Uh, they'll have a six way scramble, a tag team, a singles match, a trios, and a four corners of survival. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some names and in there.
1: It's Book The camp leaf frog campers, your way. So. Yeah, basically everybody has the opportunity to put
2: their card with those people. <sighs> oh Jesus! On That's all right. on the they have to they can basically they've, they've been given these different matches a six-week scramble everything you just mentioned and a pool of wrestlers so they can make whatever they want out of those like two of the people in there jay lion and midas black if you want to have main event explode and have jay lion versus midas black you can put that in, on your card and whichever one gets the most likes and retweets on on twitter don't vote for that's that please card. i like those guys a lot <laughs> i would love to see those two wrestlers yeah they're they, probably they, be pretty they good. came up together yeah, they, they came up in the same other. school i'm sure they oh yeah they is that? I mean, that's true, right? I mean, like the better friend you are with the person you wrestling, the more you beat the hell out of them. That's yeah. very true.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see.
2: Uh, but it's gonna be. a great I, I don't card. know if that's gonna happen, but it's gonna I, be. Great. I think they would tear the house down. I, agree. I think they would. I think they would tear the house out. They had that opportunity. Oh,
0: anytime there's a, a, a house of glory talent on a card, I'm in. And now that like there's a lot of house of glory guys going to Camp LeapFrog, as well as the chikara guys, it's like it's like a. It's some of these are dream matches, like independent dream matches.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, really quick too. There are two confirmed matches where the interactive element is you get to vote on the stipulations. Yes. and that the main event has been. Atom- uh, the Atomicos match, which is not the main event, it's Erica Lee, who was the winner of the Cybernetico they did at Fight Forever, The Boar, who was her regular tag team partner, Sunny Defarge, and making her Leap Leapfrog, Leapfrog debut, Willow Nightingale, very fun wrestler. She was on Alley Cat's Hot Girl shit. that was on after the okay. Camp frog thing at Fight Forever. I think she wrestled Allie Cat. Very fun wrestler. I've seen her on Black uh, Craft Wrestling
1: when that was a thing. Remember that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, here's an interesting uh, thing. Because we were live tweeting and we kind of seen it happen live. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Here's the big thing. If you're, if you're watching this live or any LeapFrog event, the live Twitter section is really, really fun like this it's a great one, time this one I wouldn't
2: expect as much interactivity because it's a live show where that one was a tape show yeah. so the wrestlers were sitting
1: at home for the most part I'm imagining we're okay, yeah. to so, to be yeah, usually you could interact with the wrestlers maybe not so much this one I
0: think you may get some guys who are sitting ringside watching the matches I mean, yeah, yeah. I I mean, may tweet. Yeah. You, you
1: probably won't be able to get a hold of the person wrestling the match yes <laughs> no, yeah. hold may, on may, I, maybe, uh, maybe I will say this I will not does, throw a pass can't the believe right have for someone twitter to...
2: functionality? Yeah. does the switch have twitter functionality because Leroy Green might be able to do both
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, it would be very yeah. interesting if someone stopped the match mid match and said, Let me hey. let me tweet them for ha- <laughs> for for hating them for picking the stipulation. Someone
1: at something says yeah. this match should be this way. Okay.
0: Or a live um, photo coming yeah. as you're coming down to the <laughs> ring. Oh my. Yeah, I, I I would not put it past Camp Leaf Frog to do something like yeah. that.
1: Um But if you do want to join at Camp Leave Frog on Twitter. Yes. Very easy um, to do. That.
0: Um yeah. but as I was saying, last show, uh, Love Frog, we actually had Allie Cat live tweet at cool. Camp Leaf Frog and said like when do I get my shot? So, like, alley cats oh. kind of make a little bit of a push on social media too, to cool. to, uh, to try to get into the Leapfrog Studio. Um, you're making Excellent. your debut, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Against, uh against um, a new opponent. Yes, King Lee, You are supposed to go against King Leon. Yeah, I don't know can't. if they announced your opponent yet. No,
1: I don't think they did. So maybe we shouldn't.
0: I won't say who it is. Yeah, but maybe.
1: he's not going to be there anymore. So yeah. maybe versus somebody.
0: He had some spam. Yeah, yeah, situations. I'm excited
1: because it's going to be all on Facebook. So that means you can watch it for free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, watch and the then, whole show for free.
2: This match, uh, again, Erica Lee, Boer, Willa Nightingale, and Sonny DeFarge against Killian and and the Goons. Oh, I love the uh, the Goons. Killian Killian McMurphy, the one and only. Eel O'Neal, Miles Millennium, and in the ring, in the match, Big Dust. I want a Big Dust shirt.
0: (laughs) i need a big dust and shirt in my life
2: i know he like if you look on twitter he is not too happy because he's a manager he's a manager yeah, he doesn't have he a does wrestling get, license what if he just not throw get and, get him and him ruins up. that great voice I know. oh my god and not. and this is a high stakes match and 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 you on twitter get to vote on the stakes Ooh. uh you get to vote what, what what the losing team has to do they either have to
1: eat dog food clean the leapfrog lagoon mm-hmm. or salute their shorts and know. know. if it was watch a season salute your shorts not that bad yeah not
0: that uh, let's, let's hope <laughs> yeah. they don't get kicked off of facebook for nudity for hey. saluting their shorts yeah uh, <laughs> but uh, i
2: don't think they're going to take them off on camera. yeah <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling that'll happen behind the scenes um and then the main event if you want to we'll but talk main, a little bit very unique very unique thing here the main event is a a, a puestas match is what you would call it in lucha it's a mask versus mask match in a way Somebody will be unmasked. It's Maximilian Zero against The Artist Blank. And again, you get the vote here, either a no DQ match, uh, and then uh, what I think is leading is two out of three falls, or falls count anywhere. The winner of this match gets to unmask, because both are kind of frustrated. With their current identities so the winner will unmask. zero zero
0: cut a great promo he said i showed up at wrestling school and mm-hmm. it was my dream and i always wanted to do this and i go to school and i finish my training and they hand me a mask and said this is you this is you this is your moveset this is your character everything about this is who you are and that's what you have to embrace and he goes and i've been doing it for so long and i no longer want to do it i want to i want to be my own person i want to like, do my own me. thing and, uh, this, which get, it, people just think mask versus mask, you know, and there's, and there's that honor where you don't want to lose your mask. Mm-hmm. But these are two guys who not saying their mask has held them back. So I'm, I'm sure they're pretty grateful of the wrestling school and where they came from and the business they were in, but now it's like a rebirth for one, mm-hmm. for both of them. And they well, want to, they want to break and, out of that, especially yeah, and zero. Just ex-
2: well, and, and blank too, because yeah. just to explain the, the backstory on blank, blank wasn't always blank and Chikara blank was race Jackson. And race jackson had a feud where he lost a match against a masked wrestler and the stipulation was if he would have won the match his opponent would have had to unmask but because race jackson lost the match he had to put a mask on yeah and so he Which has is been great. forced to wear a mask and this is his opportunity to take it off so yeah high stakes here but uh except if somebody they always say it's your identity but sometimes you don't want that identity so, yeah yeah one of these two is going to be able to shed that identity and go out on their and own. Have a fresh start. Quite yeah. like
1: when Jigsaw unmasked with yeah. the Vulture Squad ROH.
2: <laughs> that wasn't as good, or, though. Or when
1: Transform. Shane Storm unmasked. Transform. Or yeah. when
2: Shane Storm unmasked and there was another mask. Yeah, in. that could happen.
0: <laughs>
1: or Sting yeah. took the yeah. mask off to his
0: face paint.
2: Sting never had a mask.
0: Well, he took it, was the, he, it was a thing in impact. Oh, oh, yeah. you mean, oh okay. Yeah. No, no. He didn't WCW No, he work. means,
1: he means you know, the plastic face he mask had the f- that plastic, the fans would wear. Yeah, he yeah. had the
0: plastic mask,
1: and he took the plastic yeah, mask and off and to and reveal the same his painted. Underneath. Yeah. <laughs> so silly. I would pop so hard if, like, Zero wins, and he takes off his mask and he has his inner mask. <laughs> That'd
0: be awesome. Or, like, a Groucho mustache. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, no, it's just it. Like, the white is black, and the black is white.
2: Yeah. Um, while we have, uh, while we're on the subject, or did you have something about Camp Blue Frog there? So no, I'm no, about. go ahead. While we're on the subject of indie wrestling, a lot of the Camp Leapfrog talent is going to be on another show next weekend called the Cassandro Cup. And this is going to be a tournament uh, named after the Cassandro, the famous Exotico in, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And with that, it is a tournament of eight wrestlers who are all uh, LGBTQ+. And I think half or a little over half of the tournament are Camp Leapfrog vets. Wow. So you have... You have AC Mack, who I don't believe is a a campley Frog uh, that I think is, is more out of Georgia. You have Ashton Starr, who is also out of Georgia. Then you have Erica Lee, who again we have mentioned is in in Campley Frog. sheep on the Cybernetico, throws one hell of a suplex. The seatbelt. Look Google or Twitter. Look up Erica Lee seatbelt suplex. It is amazing. And then you have uh, Jared Evans. Again, I don't believe I don't a uh, Campley Frog guy uh, just yet. Uh, Joshua Waver, they are uh, in, in Camp Leapfrog. One half of Oreo Speedwagon, we always bring up their name. Uh, they've been there since the first show. Killian McMurphy is in the Cassandra Cup. Cool. And also Molly McCoy, uh, another person who I think I think she's been around Camp Leapfrog since day one, episode one. Won Christmas trios with Boomer Hatfield. Mm-hmm. And um, fresh off a new name change, Edith Surreal, formerly Still yes. Life with Apricot. Aber- Cares. Edith Surreal. I uh, like the velocity. name change. Was not a fan of the yeah. former name. You didn't like Still Life, Cots and Paris? No, not at all. I like Still yeah. Life. <laughs> I thought the name was cumbersome. The wrestler, she is. Amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, wrestler.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wrestler. She's very good, but uh, the name I did not. care I just I, like and, Still yeah,
0: Life. I, I mean, I didn't really. That's okay, but I, uh, yeah, it Still it makes Life me, makes me
1: makes me think of an abortion and stuff. I was like, eh. oh
0: yeah.
1: I, I don't know. I I never cared. For I thought
0: it was like a death metal band name. It could be. Yeah,
1: Edith Surreal sounds like a death metal. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, but much 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 better. That's a
2: great name. A great. New new name, new identity. Uh, she will also be mm-hmm. uh, one of the announcers tomorrow Oh, for, okay. for the uh, Campers Choice. It's going to be her and Sam Laterna. Okay. Yeah, I want to give a quick shout out real quick. Um,
0: a lot of cool interviews have been going leading up to this. Uh, you can check out a few interviews that were done with Abs and uh, Trajan Horn were on Wicked Turtle Network and the Brotherly Love podcast. I think I'm saying that right. I could, uh, hold I on. I, I hope, hope it's good. a
1: brother love, podcast the brother, the brotherly the love
0: wrestling podcast. Okay. They did one with Ma- who was uh,
1: their guest this week? It
0: was uh, Maximilian Zero, the so-
1: brother oh, Zero. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, good shout out, to- shout out to those guys. I'm sure there's other people who were interviewed recently, but uh, yeah, we just don't. Know. We do have a community page over. We're trying to get better on Twitter. We're, we're growing that. We're we're growing on Instagram, mm-hmm. but also we have a community page on Facebook. Uh, just the a attack community. Uh,
2: somebody somebody has finally joined
0: Twitter. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I made one with the sexual anyone name of get some header so i like get it some yeah him. and get some i have the the best follower ever somehow john cena follows me there you go so i don't know why you've made it but yeah i don't think give I have me any... the blue check because john cena follows i don't me.
0: think i have any <laughs> any any blue check followers but I, I,
1: I have a i have a few do you the
2: gin blossoms the old oh, the, wow the 90s
0: the it's gym, pretty cool andy, Ken,
2: andy kindler who was on everybody loves rain okay he was also on uh bob's burgers he's yes. uh, mort on bob's burgers uh and the uh, lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania and his wife follow me up. There. Oh wow! I and his it. wife, yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's weird how it works. I was just like going through, and it's like local people, local people, I'm like John Cena. Okay, <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. Know, like,
0: so but one yeah, other fo- thing, about we have,
1: I was oh, gonna so say, so follow me uh, at get some hair, and then when you're when you're tweeting, leapfrog tomorrow. Yeah. maybe mention yeah. me. Yeah,
0: and I, I just want to say <laughs> too, our community page we do we do uh, allow a lot of podcasts to share their content mm-hmm. on our page, so. Coming to our page is not just putting ourselves over. There's a lot of really good podcasts out there that share their content, and you can go check out. Yeah, those or if you're a
1: wrestler, plug yourself. Yeah, put, merch, your, put your merch whatever. pages up. Yeah, a match, maybe, that you're proud of.
0: I Very much so, want to see matches. Yeah. Also, if you put your merch pages up, uh, somebody sitting at this table in a black T-shirt is a huge sucker for T-shirts. <laughs> so are buying shirts. If you put merch pages up, there's a very high chance that you'll probably get There you
1: go, it. there yeah. you go.
0: I'm looking through and our then, Twitter account to see who follows us.
1: <laughs> One
2: other thing about the the uh, cassandro cup there's going to be a show in tampa on wrestlemania weekend they're going to have the iwtv family reunion one of their big shows of the year and the winner of the Cassandra cup will be the first person to challenge the new iwtv champion lee moriarty for nice. the title cool okay who just recently beat warhorse yeah how about warhorse had it for a while
0: he loses title yeah yeah to lee moriarty yeah, he,
2: oh shit. lee Mor- lee moriarty won he was the guy who wound up winning the masked wrestler the tournament where when you lost you unmasked. he uh tony Deppen was in that tournament and a few other people uh lady frost was in the tournament you had um oh i can't think of the guy's name but yeah, a lot of high level talent uh, yeah. kyle the beast was in that tournament and yeah, uh, Lee Moriarty already wanted. He was uh, Gankito, I think, or Gaquito, and he unmasked right before the match, and he beat Warhorse. Mm.
0: So the um, we did have an interview planned for uh, tomorrow, tomorrow right. night. It was supposed to be Devontae's. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been a little bit of a change in scheduling. It's un- it's definitely on our end. It wasn't him. He's he's still available to do it. Um, but we're we uh, I'll be busy tomorrow night with the with the show. Um, and doing stuff. And uh, you'll be wrestling, obviously. Mm -hmm. And Brian has some stuff going on. So we are going to reschedule the Devante's interview for the very, very near future. So that's still coming. Um, And then we have another interview that we have, but we haven't announced yet. We'll probably announce um, very, very soon as well. So the Devante interview is still happening. I uh, just want to definitely put out. It's not going to be tomorrow, but it's still it's still coming very very
2: soon. Tony just wants to do it closer to football season.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely want to talk. You know, t- some of those uh, acquisitions that we just picked up here at the, on our on our football team. But uh, yeah, the Devontae interviews is still going to happen and still go on. But uh, we're twenty two minutes in. Uh, let's get into our topic here i knew of i knew of jim crocker yes but i didn't follow jim Crocker. but
1: i didn't because at the time people claim we did it i living in school county we had uh, Comcast, not before Comcast, Time Warner, and yeah. we did not get any NWA or WCW until like 1994. Because of the, oh, the wow. territories yeah. and... Yeah, because of the style of the channel. Someone said it was on the one channel from Philly. I'm like, oh, well, I never seen it. You know, when, when I was a kid, got, I would get TV Guide and look.
2: But if you, I don't know if you got Channel 17 from Philly. But yeah. They, worldwide. Worldwide
1: was on Channel okay. 17. Okay, I th- might have, but like it was... Hard like we didn't get TBS. We didn't get TBS in Pottsville till like I think it was ninety four. It was before Nitro, oh, wow. like a year before Nitro was when we got TBS. Yeah. so I watched Saturday Night.
0: I mean, There's a lot of uh, a lot of dirty business that went on here. That's, like oh, kind of yeah. like don't come to our ter- like th- this is well
1: when, the, in the territory system. It was a yes.
0: territory system, and then one company is breaking out of territory system and just kind of mm-hmm. was trying to swallow up everybody else. Uh, looking at you, WWE. Um, but from what I was looking, just kind of a sneak thing. Uh, Jim Crockett Promotions did really well in Philadelphia.
1: They did. They did. I mean, Baltimore was a big town for them as well. Yeah. 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 Uh,
2: there would be times where Philadelphia was one of the few places there where both companies could draw like 10,000 fans pretty easily. They ran a smaller building. They ran the Philadelphia Civic Center because WWF had exclusive rights over the spectrum, which is where the Flyers and the Sixers played. So they, they would run the Civic Center and yeah they did really well there the first halloween havoc it, that was post crockett that was when i believe at that point it was already owned by turner the first ha- halloween havoc was there they did another one a few years later the one with the spin the wheel make the deal the first pay-per-view i was ever at was at the civic center it was uh, wcw Slamberry 1994 no yeah. i didn't realize
0: that the crockett promotion Legends
2: reunion yes okay uh yeah, uh, the Crusher was. There. Yeah, Some, Vern yeah. Was is that like, the one where they uh, had... the Legends match though? The, Le- the Legends match was Blanchard and uh was Blanchard and Wahoo.
1: Funk. Oh, okay, because the one they they it was Wahoo. That and was '93. And and the, and when you the Legends match came on, it goes to black and white. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, this you, is awesome. No, that, hmm.
1: that was the year before. That was '93. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, I, I obviously grew up. I, I was born '86. Started watching wrestling mm-hmm. probably around three or four or five years old. Like I, I was I was introduced very young, and I, the toys were a big thing for me. But I. Because of marketing and stuff, I was just a WWE kid. Yeah. So I,
1: did you even know it existed? So because I didn't until I until I started looking at my wrestling magazines.
0: I think they they talk about it very very well on Jericho's podcast when it came to especially like a northern kid, right? So if you're yeah, if so you're a northern last, last
1: kid. Last week. Uh, Jericho had uh, Dave Meltzer and Tony Schiavone on talking. Oh, that was Dave Jim Meltzer, Crocker. the other yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah,
0: I did not know that talking
1: Jim Crockett promotions. So um, very good, very good podcast.
0: Yeah, Jericho didn't have really much to add there. It was pretty no, much Dave just and, 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 and Tony. Chivani. I think that's
1: why I had yeah. both of them. All. It was good. You wind though. up Dave, and he'll go. Yeah, well, Seems Jericho like wasn't
0: there. does so. <laughs> Dave Meltzer do his own podcast? It does. get uh, pay- to pay. Yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah. It's uh, if you go to f 4 wonlinecom I used to be comped, but they yeah. don't really comp their message board moderators anymore. And we don't really moderate the message board anymore yeah. in response, so it's one of those things. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you if you go to F4W online, they do like free episodes every now and then, but they're mostly paywalled.
1: Like sometimes, it's, um, I sometimes go think, on YouTube and they sneak on YouTube and, yeah. like Howard
2: Stern show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, but it, yeah, it's like ten ninety nine a month. They do
1: a, a ton of podcasts there.
2: It's not just them. They do a bunch of them, and then they do. Uh, you get the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Do you think and Meltzer? Like
1: Sounds like Ralph from the Howard Stern show, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, that's why I thought I thought
2: they sounded a lot like.
0: I was um, talking to him today. I was like, I don't know who the other guy was because I, I I was listening but not listening. Yeah, and when they if oh, I if you
2: would have played if you would have played for me, oh, that's Meltsy. Yeah. yeah, I know the. I movie. can pick his voice. Yeah,
0: but they they made a good uh, uh, idea of maybe why NWA wasn't so big for so many people and why they would get flocked to WWE better. WWE had the better presentation. Mm -hmm. It looked more professional. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Yes. They they had the marketing. They had the money. Mm -hmm. And Jim Crocker Promotions, it seems like, had great stuff, but couldn't get out of their own way. Like, they would miss, mm-hmm. like, really big spots on TV. Like, the like the the, the joke was in the podcast is like, oh, and tonight we have Dusty Rhodes here. And the camera never catches Dusty waving to the crowd. Yeah. So they, you <laughs> like hear a pop. That, that you would hear. go
1: on into WCW, too.
0: Yeah. Um. And then the, the other thing is, too, is, like, they didn't have An the toys. AW, yeah. They didn't have the the T-shirts, the, the no, merchandising. They,
1: merchandising was a step behind. Yeah. But, but, but when it came to in-ring quality, it matches very good. And then you would get. I mean, get, there was bad ones, too.
0: Yeah. And the same reason they talked about how they talked about the NWA and how I learned about a lot of those talent was the same way they talked about it in the podcast. I used to buy the wrestling magazines. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. a lot of times, I couldn't find the WWE magazines, so I would get the... And they were cheaper at the time, but I, I don't remember the name there of the was magazine. was like Wrestling
1: All-Stars. I
0: believe that's what it was. Wrestling
1: Inside Wrestling.
0: It always had the like... I mean, most the, of
1: them were the after
2: mags, Yeah. Pro or Wrestling all Inside Wrestling, the wrestling. It might have
0: been the after mm-hmm. I don't remember. I'm very, very young. I just remember my mom would buy them every time we'd go to the store yeah. because it'd have a wrestler on the cover. And I just remember a lot of the magazine was black and white. Yeah, and after and ones. it would just be like... A full page spread of like Dusty or Ric Flair just bleeding. Yeah, because they have him over there. Yeah, just, just, just these, just it would just be every other page was like a blood match. And
1: then I always have like the rankings in the back too, like NWA, mm-hmm. and I, I would study them. Like, who are these people? Well, I was no a idea. kid
0: and I didn't read right, but mm-hmm. I, I like tagging the magazines for the pictures well, yeah. and stuff. So I would just look at the photos and just be like, who is this guy? Well, I always be like, who is this old guy because he had the white hair. Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't realize that he <laughs> was just that <laughs> wow. blonde, and I'd be like, and he just bleeds all the time. <laughs> And then I remember watching like the R- Rumble when he came in. Yeah. And I was just like, I think this guy's a big deal because every magazine I get he's on. Yeah. And then I would just see guys like Sting and all and I'm like, "Oh, who are these guys?" And and then like when they're their toys and the cards kind of start getting bigger when when then it was bought by WCW. I didn't know WCW was a thing. And then um I would see the toys and I'm like, "Well, who are these generic like knockoff dollar <laughs> store versions of wrestlers and they're legit yeah. toys. So I didn't know, like I didn't know any better. I didn't really start following WCW until the N64 games. And then that's when oh, the, uh, the, when, the yeah. when the video games came out and then the Monday Night Wars thing started. And then some of the f- kids from school started getting more, uh, like become smarter fans and they started mm-hmm. talking about Sting and Goldberg. And I was like, oh, that's a whole other company. And then... I knew of the history, but I didn't follow it. Yeah. And then I was so brainwashed and I was so into, I only can watch one promotion. Yeah. And that didn't change for me until I got back into wrestling like maybe five years ago. Yeah, which
1: is which is such a weird thought, because why don't watch everything you can? If you like it, I mean, if you don't like it, then don't watch it. That's what I'm trying not to do now
0: with that mistake, is I'm yeah. trying to consume as much as I can. Uh, it's just very hard, because yeah. I want to watch New Japan, but we have wrestling on every single day here mm-hmm. in America. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, it it it's a lot. Make time. And I'm also trying to follow the independent scene, yeah. because we...
1: It's, well, there's so much you could. do. Yeah, watch it's, the, it's a lot going thing. on, but... Yeah, I I I didn't watch a majority of the shows till the network came out. But obviously the DVDs, because that was the network before the network, and you'd watch it. And there was like a Clash of Champions DVD, and there's a Dusty one. I'll see like matches like that. Yeah, but as soon as the network came out, I went back and started watching all the old NWA's from uh, like '83. It was Mid Atlantic, and then when it goes to WCW, but it's still NWA Jim Crockett Promotions. Yeah, because i them fly by like an hour, an hour and a half. And these guys would come
0: then come to WWE, and then they would kind of be jokes like they were sometimes they yeah. were big but they were never big and like, it was kind
1: of like that. they like they still say well i didn't create you so i wonder you don't get so yeah, high exactly so
0: like i remember when rick flair first came to wwe or WWF. i remember everyone making a big deal about it like rick flair the, is the here real world champion and he won the championship in the rumble and i but to me he still never shined like a, like a savage or a hogan mm-hmm. or a piper or like those guys i just been inclined to like i was like i don't see the big deal but then again, he wasn't let off the loot like off the chain like he would if he was in WCW or Jim Crockett promotions. And like Dusty, Dusty came like who's this like yeah, Dusty, not trying to yeah. body shame. I'm not a small guy, but who's this big fat guy in polka dots? Like, yeah. This is the biggest guy in wrestling and everyone's like love like kind of made him a joke. Exactly. So it's mm-hmm. like they would come to these companies and they, like that never inspired me to go watch the other stuff. I'm like, so you want me to stop watching this to follow this guy back to WCW because he? I'm like, I watched him here. He's a joke. No. You know, and I think a lot of people fall into that trope today with wrestling. Probably. Where like they're like, oh, mm-hmm. like, like this. There's, there's some guys who are like, I guess a lot of them get shit on, but like with AEW, like the, the AEW gets a WWE guy, they become no. the world champion. Yeah. They're like, that's bullshit. Like, but a lot of those guys who have left and went to AEW, like I wasn't a huge Moxley fan. Like when he was Dean Ambrose, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't sold on him. I wasn't sold on him until he was about to leave and he cut that one promo and I was like, He's got yeah. some
1: he's and he's out the door.
0: Because <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah. And he cut that really good promo and I was like, There's something here. And then he became Moxley and I was like, I buy it. Yeah. I'm into it. I always liked uh, Luke Harper. I was always a Harper fan. When he won the IC title, I was so happy. No, I Actually, got the same as Luke Harper, really held back. Yeah, and then he went there. I'm like, this is great. Like, mm-hmm. um, so
1: sometimes, yeah, people can really flourish.
0: Yeah, so it's 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 a it's an interesting thing with wrestling that I think uh, they always say, learn your history so you don't repeat and make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the stuff we're gonna talk about here today will help today's modern wrestling fan not be so picky because. At this time, with a lot of like the end of pro- pro- cro- Crockett, like it was a dark time in wrestling where nobody really, wrestling was not doing very well. No. It wasn't making money. People weren't like. Now we have wrestling on every day of the week, and and you're gonna you're gonna hold yourself back you, because you're you loyal get it to at a company. Your
1: fingertips in seconds, you know. And you're mm-hmm.
0: loyal to a company who will literally dime you out, or yeah. your favorite wrestler out in a, in a millisecond,
1: and you get no positives for being loyal to a company. You get no. nothing. No. So why not watch? Enjoy all the wrestling you can. Exactly. And if you don't yeah. watch it, you don't like it. Then don't watch again.
2: And it makes things like IWTV and the WW network amazing because I remember being a kid and just and in in the fortunate time that you would be the one that could get the control of what channel you were watching, just flipping through each and every channel until you found wrestling. Yeah. because like, that's know. what I would do. You would have to get it. Uh, guide. And it could turn up yeah, it could be like sometimes you would find world class on ESPN or AWA on ESPN or or a Clash of the Champions or something like that, or Glow. And,
1: but yeah, now it's like, it's all at your fingertips. It, yeah. is,
2: it is something that, that everybody takes for granted. I
1: would have consumed so much as a kid if I had every network oh. then, or even
2: YouTube.
0: I'd be a scholar. I'd you be know? Brian. I'd be yeah. a scholar. I would
1: know, I would know <laughs> infinitely more, but I had the magazines and whenever you could run a video or buy a video, it, that's it, all you had.
0: It blows me away how limited I like wrestling knowledge was to me. And Brian has me about a couple of years, but, uh, he's just like fucking encyclopedia. Like if he would have had that then, uh, Jesus Christ, he, would you. We'd all know everything. We would have seen every paper you ever Brian would be Dave Meltzer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think you can be the next Dave Meltzer. That's just my opinion. I think your wrestling knowledge is that in- impressive, I'm being honest. And I'm not the only know one who I do
2: a better thing. Do you got any sources? Do you got any- <laughs>
0: yeah, Brian, Brian's complimented very kind of. Yeah. You're, you're complimented a lot even on... Uh, in private conversations I have with people, where people are very, very impressed with your knowledge, that's, and they they enjoy listening exciting. to you. Yeah, they, they, they a lot exciting. of people like. I think you're becoming the star. Of TTP. We can just like me and Andy. Oh, we'll just T- turn our camera off. And uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's why I have my own personal studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's too he's too <laughs> I, I'm big time with these two over yeah, here. Yeah, big time.
0: I didn't want to make an Superstar. inappropriate joke saying you're too big for us. Superstar. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into uh, Crockett Promotions. I think we, we, we've built this up enough, but let's get into it here.
2: So let's go way back to 1909. Whew. 1909. 190 electricity.
0: Yeah.
2: I think there was still dinosaurs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is when Big Jim Crockett was born. James A. Crockett Sr., who is the patriarch of the Crockett family, and he was born in Bristol, Virginia. You think the Crockett's from the Carolinas, but but Big Jim was from Virginia, and he was a big guy. He was uh, very tall, well over three hundred pounds. Wow. So he was he was Big Jim before Little Jim was even born. <laughs> and so he partners up with a guy named Pete Moore when he's in his uh, very early twenties, and they formed the Southeastern Corporation, which is just something that's going to start promoting concerts and big. Back then was big band. Big band was a thing in the thirties, and the thing that really moved their money though was wrestling. Mm-hmm. Wrestling was what paid the bills. A lot of these things, like wrestling was never wrestling was never prestigious. It was always kind of like people would look down upon it uh, mm-hmm. a little bit. I uh, Freddie Prince Jr. I don't know if anybody saw this, but he very recently was heaping a lot of praise on Triple H and Cody Rhodes specifically. And he was saying, like, you don't understand if you're not in the entertainment business. Every TV network executive hates wrestling. They don't want wrestling on their show, on their networks. And the work that these two guys have done and Vince McMahon and Tony Khan to get wrestling where it is is amazing mm-hmm. and they should be
1: commended for it. Holy shit. But's, oh, uh, uh, not to interrupt you. Butts been... in seats at the Tony Chivari store at Kickstarter it is up to $67,000. So and their, goal, wow. their
0: goal was twenty grand. Yeah.
1: I bet Tony's okay. ecstatic.
0: So this, this, real quick, if you're into this topic mm-hmm. we're about to talk about tonight, you can go on Kickstarter.com right now and Travis Mc, uh, Mc, McIntyre, am I saying that right?
1: McIntyre. McIntyre.
0: I'm an idiot. Sorry. Um, is doing a autobiography comic book. Is it one? Just a one off?
1: Yes. So it's it's a fully contained story in one thing. You can get a soft cover or a hard cover. It's like a trade paperback. It's yes. a, the story of Tony Schiavone, how he came up in the business.
0: And and a lot of it he talks about his Jim Cork, uh, Jim Crockett promotions mm-hmm. and, and that's where he Yeah, and and has his whole. Pretty much gives him a lot of credit on him coming up and, and a lot of his experiences. So if you want to see what we're talking about in comic book form through the eyes of Tony Shivani, because if you don't love Tony Schiavone, you're fucking up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you can go, Kickstar- you can go to that uh, on Kickstarter right now and buy it. Um, I believe you'll probably get it cheaper on Kickstarter than when it finally drops. Um, I need to get
1: ahead of time. It's called Butts and Seats, so just go yeah.
0: to Kickstarter. Butts and, and Seats by to- seats. The, the, the Tony Schiavone story. I'm actually going to do it as you're talking,
2: Brian. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so, yeah, by the 30s, they're in Greensboro, more in Crockett are in Greensboro, and, and more gets bought out. And Bill Lewis is another partner of, of Jim Crockett seniors that eventually Crockett buys out and gets full control of. So, in 1940, Greensboro was always, even though Charlotte's like the first city you think of in North Carolina, the first city you think of probably when you think of Jim Crockett Promotions or WCW, even, well, maybe Atlanta by then. Yeah. The, the For Jim Crockett Promotions, the 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 centerpiece the crown jewel was always 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 greensboro yeah greensboro and that, that's where they had like greensboro the christmas Coliseum. show and
1: everything right
2: yeah christmas show starcade mm-hmm. the first two starcades were in, well the second starcade it was like greensboro and atlanta i think oh okay, but, yeah, yeah greensboro that was their home base that was that was what new york was to wwe that's what philly was to ecw what minneapolis was to to awa that was their home And in 1940, Crockett bought and renovated a building called Nieces Hall on Washington and Davies Streets in Greensboro. And that became the home base. They basically built their own arena. They would do concerts there. They would do boxing, ice capades down the line, live theater. But wrestling paid the bills. Wrestling was the thing. Of course. And it was every Wednesday night. It was like how in Memphis, Monday night was a Mid-South Coliseum. They did the weekly wrestling show in Greensboro I, I, that's every like Wednesday. One of the things I kind of wish
1: was still around. Because well, you think, be it, really oh, cool. that sounds crazy. Well, Raw's every Monday. So yeah, Dynamite's every Wednesday. It's like, it's not too crazy. It's not, it's not out of the realm. Yeah, well, and keep kind of prices
0: cheap. That's kind of happening now with, um, Dynamite like a like Dynamite and and NXT yeah. like there's people are allowed to be there right now, but because of the pandemic, it's making it a lot more exclusive. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not touring and. Yeah, And yeah, it used to be like you would have, like I know for Memphis, I think you would have your loop. Like they'd do Memphis on Monday. Then would be like one other town on the loop on Tuesday. You had your your towns you would hit. Mm-hmm. And they would hit the same towns every week, but they kept them coming back. So that's Greensboro. But we always have to talk about Charlotte. And one of the early... Charlotte, North <laughs> Carolina. The first wrestling promoter that really got a foothold there was a guy named John Irish Haran. Hey, Johnny Horan. Yeah. Yeah. Not Irish. Moran. Horan. Oh, Irish with, Horan. The whole
0: joke we did didn't stick last time because the audio messed up. Yeah. But yeah the I think March. it was
2: before the show, actually. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Irish Horan was a guy who came into Charlotte and said he was a, a former wrestler and boxer. He was a matchmaker at the original Madison Square Garden. This decorated wrestler. He was none of these things. He was a carny. Literally came <laughs> from the carnivals like a lot of early wrestlers did mm-hmm. and was just a con man. Like he just totally made this up. People bought it, and he became the guy who ran wrestling. He made these big promises. Uh, the biggest name in wrestling around this time, in the late 1930s, and George really Jack one and of Shreve? the... No, that was way before that. Uh, that was like 1909. Yeah. You was Jim You can check out
0: Horan and Friends on the high, high Tension. That's Moran. Oh, oh. and
1: Friends? Irish Moran. He should have done that for St. I don't think Irish Haran yeah, is doing a podcast right now. Yeah, I I, 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 I doubt there. he's with us. Yeah. But yeah, yeah he he I, I, uh, the I, biggest I the star cover. back then. The biggest star back then was
2: Jim Londos. He okay. was the this this predates the NWA title. It was just called the like the world heavyweight title in different places recognized as different champions. He was a champion for about six years and retired as champion. And Irish was promising he was gonna bring Jim Londos to Charlotte. He never did. <laughs> he uh, he instead built the promotion around Joe Banaski, who was his, his supposed protege. And he would have a lot of smaller guys. Like He, he would push a lot of the smaller guys, including Banaski. The crowd didn't really like Joe Banaski. They didn't think he was believable. One of the articles said he looked pitiful until he yeah. won the match. And Haran also wasn't really making friends with the Charlotte Boxing Commission. Ooh. They wanted to make sure all the shows were doing well because they got a cut of the gate. So... Uh, Irish Haran would want to run wrestling the same night as boxing and would split the audience. And... They didn't like that, and eventually they found out. They one of the sports reporters who I think was also on the commission found out, Hey, this guy's nothing of what he says he is, he's not a wrestler, was <laughs> never in Madison Square Garden. Uh, so he gets pushed out the door. But even with you know the empty promises, wrestling was doing well, wrestling did sell tickets. So, like, we would like to still have wrestling in Charlotte. Hey, that guy Crockett in Greensboro is doing pretty good there, let's have him do it here too. Yeah,
1: not that and, far and, away,
2: no, no, not at all. And so that opens the doors for. For Jim Crockett Promotions to be in control of Greensboro and Charlotte, and they would expand in, like, South Carolina, other parts of the, uh, North Carolina. And when the 19, or in 1949, 48, 49 is when the modern-day NWA forms in St. Louis, and Jim Crockett Promotions is very early adopting to it, and they joined in 1950. And the Crocketts are basically synonymous from there on with live entertainment in Charlotte and Greensboro, like ice capades, concerts, plays, well, everything we're talking about. But wrestling is still the big thing. Uh, that's when you had guys like Nelson Royal, Rip Hawk, the Kentuckians who were like this tag team, like the hillbilly. I wonder where they were from. Uh, I don't... They probably <laughs> weren't really from Kentucky. <laughs> they are probably from like uh, upstate New York. They are yeah, right, like right, we're, uh, <laughs> MJ from? North Dakota. Don't bring up that state. Um, <laughs> so... Jim Crockett Sr. unfortunately does pass away on April 1st, 1973. He had been in failing health for a little while. And his son-in-law, And this sounds intru- this sounds similar. Yeah. His son-in-law was the one being groomed to uh, take over the company. Uh, John Wrigley, who was the wife of his only daughter, Frances Crockett. He was doing a lot of the business because Jim Sr. wasn't in, in the best health in the early 70s. So he was doing a lot of the business anyway. And he seemed poised to take over, but the decision was made... Largely because I believe at that time they found out that John Wrigley was having an affair, <laughs> and him and mm-hmm. a and, uh, and a Francis woman divorce. a woman couldn't run a wrestling company. Oh no! Well, let we'll be fair to Francis Crockett in a second here. Yeah. Francis Crockett did okay.
0: Yeah, but, but uh, I, I think Jim, that was a stigma too. That's why they were going with the brother-in-law yeah. because they didn't want to do they wouldn't couldn't have a woman being yeah, and a, she was
2: yeah and she she was younger too because I think Jim is the oldest. Uh, if Francis might be a little older. But, and jim jim jr was only 28 at the time so he's mm, getting wow he's the younger. keys to the kingdom at 28 years old yeah and uh and john wrigley and francis crockett did soon divorce and and this was very 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 much a family business it's it wasn't some huge conglomerate it was a family business uh jim and da- all, all the crocketts really had a say and jim was kind of the the head but david crockett was very involved jackie crockett who was her other brother was involved and they were involved to the very end they were involved in wcw mm-hmm. uh, david David was most famously an announcer and did some stuff with production behind the scenes. I don't think he really did a lot of announcing once it became WCW. He was more behind the scenes. And Jackie Crockett was to the very, very end of WCW. Still out there every week. He was a cameraman. He did photography ringside. Holy so the shit. Crockett's, th- those Crockett's <laughs> were still around to the very end. And, and, and we did kind of bring up Frances Crockett. And yeah, she didn't really have a whole lot of say in the wrestling side of things. She was more interested in another one of Jim Crockett Promotions' ventures. They didn't just do wrestling. Wrestling was like their bread and butter, but they also did other sports. And in 1976, they bought the Asheville Orioles, which was a double-A minor league baseball team. They moved them to Charlotte. They renovated this stadium that was there called Griffith Park. They renamed it Crockett Park. And she was the team's general manager for 10 years and won two Southern League titles. How about that? And that's how they found Tony Schiavone, because he was working for them. Yeah. Baseball announcer, yeah, and yeah. So uh, yeah, Francis Crockett was the one in the family that really, really, really was involved in the base with the baseball team, and the they also the Crocketts did have some involvement in the short-lived Southern Hockey League. Ooh. Uh, a lot of these tiny hockey leagues popped up around this time, and they had a team called the Winston Salem Polar Twins. <laughs> the name of the trophy for this league, and this is before the one for the tag team tournament, was called the Crockett Cup. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so the original <laughs> Crockett Cup was a hockey trophy. There's a little bit of <laughs> trivia for you. How about The it? things you learn on this show that you wouldn't learn yeah. anywhere else. Yeah, I can't um, imagine hockey doing that well in the southern it, states at it, that time. Yeah, it didn't. It still doesn't. Yeah, they've yeah, tried. Really. It,
1: they've tried hockey in Atlanta three times now. It hasn't worked. It's just uh, the southern people. Yeah. They ain't that. Yeah, in no. fact, because there isn't ice outside. You know,
0: like yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those things too. It's like. If it's an, if it's not a sport you could play all year round, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. So, like, foot, mm-hmm. like football and baseball and basketball, like, you can grab that and go, you can play yeah. all year
1: round. But even, like, in the South, like, you might not be able to have outdoor ice at any yeah. time of the year. Like, yeah. in Florida, you never see ice.
2: And one of the tough things with hockey, too, is it's a, uh, if, if you're doing, like, indoor, uh, like, on a rink, it's, it's a fairly expensive sport yeah. to be involved in because yeah. of all the equipment. You know what's a shockingly expensive sport
0: if you want to play in, like t- like, top league teams? Soccer. In America, okay. like a lot of, I know, like Hope Solo kind of got some heat for saying it, but she's like, most of your professional soccer players are rich kids because their parents can afford to put them in like soccer camps and put, and, yeah, and, and a paid yeah, a yeah. She goes, a lot of the people like we don't even you don't even realize how many people are so talented at this sport in our country because it's paywalled.
1: Yeah,
2: like a
0: lot, I can see of, which that. is
1: which is
2: so funny because if you go to like England soccer is like the common person's game mm-hmm. yeah and, and they do have these academies and things like that and, and usually they're scouting people but everybody just plays it in the street anyway because it's such more ingrained in their culture like how we would play like a soccer in england is like football baseball basketball here combined yeah so. you,
0: you walk up they like they have like you yeah. know how we have outdoor basketball parks they have mm-hmm. like outdoor street concrete soccer yeah, it sounds like it's like, awesome Yeah,
2: football but over yeah. there over there rugby is like the elitist game that's Ooh. like the you yeah. have to be like this
1: upper crusty, which is crazy
0: because like you're dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tougher. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: it's a tougher soccer, yeah. right? I mean,
0: it's it's mm-hmm. it's 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 a nonstop running like soccer, but okay. phys, the physicality of American football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. like you don't really stop and set plays up like American football. Yeah, it's just like it's kind of like I. I, I there's a t- game that we used to play back in the day, uh, but it had a homophobic name to it. Mm-hmm.
2: Kill the guy with the ball. We'll yes,
0: yeah. that's pretty much in a nutshell what rugby is. But then, like when you get tackled, there's a system of how you dismantle the ball to the other right. team. Okay.
2: Um, we were a little more refined. We called this rumble fumble. Oh, rumble okay. fumble.
0: I wish we yeah. called it that. we uh growing up in my town. We definitely used the improper name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that that's kind of like rugby. But like it's like going back to soccer. Like I tried out for a team, uh, like when I was just about to go into high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was picked pretty high. Like the guy came up to me and goes, "Like you're really good. Like I like we we like your ability." Like the crazy thing is, the team I was on growing up, we had a lot of really talented players. Like our little small little town from Shenandoah, and I think the six kids on our team who tried out, they wanted all six of us. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, when it came time to picking the people, and I had to get pulled aside and talk. Like by the time, and this is this wasn't counting travel, hotel, and fees to get into tournaments. Mm. Just my jerseys alone. We were looking up over 800 bucks. Really? Oh my yeah. God. And my parents are like, Yeah, no. I'm sorry, you yeah. can't play this. And I was like, But I got picked. And you're like, We can't afford it. And then, like, we have to drive you to, like, Jersey and North Carolina to yeah. play in an indoor tournament and put you up in a hotel room for Not six. Not many
1: people can afford that. Yeah. Me. I mean, they love their kids, but that's that, a lot that to was, ask for, you know.
0: That was the end of my soccer for the most part. Uh, yeah. a couple hours. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: My,
2: my my cousin's a hockey mom and she spent lots of weekends like driving up to like upstate New York. Oh boy. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a it's expensive. A,
0: it's a hustle. Expensive.
2: And even with all these other things the Crockett's are doing, it's wrestling. Wrestling is their business and and wrestling is what's keeping them not not afloat. I'm sure they're doing well with some other things, but but wrestling is what's really earning the money. And Jim Jr. Uh, kept the booker that John Ringley had brought into the company, which was George Scott. George Scott is probably the most famous booker of Mm -hmm. Mid-Atlantic. And bookers and promoters back then, if you look at it, they tended to build companies in their own image. Like, think of Vince McMahon. He's always been in the bodybuilding, so he likes the big guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vern Gagne liked amateur wrestlers. Bill Watts liked tough guys and ex-football players. George Scott did the same thing. George Scott, he was a wrestler himself, and he was part of a, a very successful tag team. It was him and his brother Sandy Scott and they were called the Flying Scots, which was a play on their last name being Scott, and they were also Scottish. Yeah. So it had like one of those double yeah. meetings. I think my wrestling and company would be a lot like Tony Depp and show that's coming soon where it's in a brewery and everyone drinks and wrestles. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, just as long as they don't drink too much before they wrestle it. Doesn't yeah. yeah, hey. yeah. <laughs> I don't think Damn they drink. Sandman hurt a lot of guys. Yeah, I don't Mick Foley did not like wrestling <laughs> Sandman.
0: I don't think they actually drink before the show. But I, they, they, I they, hope not. Tony, Tony Depp is doing, I think, to co- combat what fell apart – going into WrestleMania weekend that Tony oh, had an okay, open yeah. challenge going okay, into, yeah. I think right. another company was like, well, we still want Tony Deppin to come down here and do something. Mm-hmm, yeah, so they're so doing so like a, a beer a brewery, house. Like yeah. yeah. What
2: well, company wouldn't want Tony Deppin to do something? You've, exactly. You and
0: guy. and he also, real quick, if you're a wrestling fan and you're local and you're a Tony Deppin fan, uh, Tony Deppin has a brewery opening up very, very soon in downtown Pottsville, Pennsylvania, called Pilgaroo Brewing Company. Um, they make amazing beer if you're a beer fan. They make really, yes, really good do. beers um they have a kickstarter going on it's not a kickstarter i forget the name of the indiegogo yeah
2: is that it might no, be no no this is something different uh this is something very interesting actually because at this point they're not asking for donations they're asking for an investment and oh. there is like an actual like i think it's for every hundred dollars you donate they're promising by like and it's a certain year down the line because it's going to be off their profits uh but i think like 2026 something like that you're supposed to get at minimum, or I think at, and it might not be a minimum, it's, you're supposed to get 180 back for every hundred you donate. okay. So you're actually investing in a business and then the idea is you would get your money back at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like I said, Pilgeroo Brewing Company.
0: That's P-I-L-G-E-R-R-U-H Brewing Company. Um, and Tony Deppin is one of the three owners, or one of the two owners. Uh, I think there's, well, those two three. It's two brothers. I'm and not then, sure, yeah. And then Tony. Uh, but it's it's coming very, very soon. So if you're in the school county area or you're coming to visit or anything like that, or you want to support him in another way, just not wrestling, uh, go check that out.
2: Really, really excited about that. What, once that opens and once I get a little shot in the arm here, you might be seeing me down there. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be there a lot. <laughs> Sorry, a little side tangent there. So yeah, anyway, uh, with, uh, with the Scots, like, uh, because George Scott was such a tag team wrestler, the mid-Atlantic, the, the reputation they had was mid-Atlantic was the tag team territory. That's, that was the big thing. Their, their main angles, their main things were, were tag teams. Kind of like even more so than what AEW does because AEW does really feature tag teams a lot more prominently than WWE really ever has. This was even bigger than that. Like your main events were usually tag matches. Hmm. Uh, but that's not to say they didn't have their single stars, uh, yeah. and a lot of them were like tag guys as well. Like Rick, uh, Rick Flair is going to be the big one. We had like Johnny Valentine, Roddy Piper, Wahoo McDaniel, all huge stars. But the biggest one is the guy I just mentioned. I kind of spoiled it there. Very close with Jim Crockett Jr. Uh, Jim Crockett Jr. was the best man at Rick Flair's second wedding. Wow, how about that? So they a, were very.
0: There's close. someone that they announced. I learned in the podcast that Rick Flair tagged with that I had no idea he ever tagged with ever. He's big part John of. A, Stud? No, they said he used to tag with uh, Rick Steiner a lot, like early really? on.
1: Yeah, they said sp- early on. We're sure, I think, I don't
2: think know about like early t- on because Rick Steiner didn't start until the '80s. Yeah, and Rick Flair started like seventy. You well, mean well, Rick towards the end? Towards yeah,
0: the end? I thought they said Ricky Steiner. Maybe it might be Steamboat then. I'm, I apologize. Yeah.
1: Steamboat would be a little make a little more sense time wise. I know he he wrestled Steamboat a lot. Yeah, especially in the '70s, and, and then they had their, their feud in the '80s. The late '70s.
2: Yeah, I don't think because Rick Steiner did he start like I '88. Think, he started well. No, that's when he got to to to, to, uh, okay, yeah. to NWA. I think the first things you will see him doing, because I, I think there's it is. In I Mid apologize. South. It's
0: Steiner. I might mean, not Steiner. Uh, Steamboat. Steamboat. Yeah,
2: yeah. Then they want they had. They're very much more famous for being uh, like a feud that's probably Rick Flair's, if not his most famous feud. One of them. But yeah, Rick Steiner. The first thing I I think you can see him and it uh, was on the network. I don't know how when it's gonna be on Peacock, but I think he was one of those guys where you can see Rob Rex Steiner wrestling as a <laughs> uh, an enhancement guy on Mid South, like how. If you look at some of those old ones, you'll see Marty Lundy. <laughs>
1: yeah, Marty, Lundy, Lundy. Marty Lundy. And uh, what, what was Boss Man's name when he was like a job guy? And then they took him off. We brought back as Bubba, Bubba Ray or Bubba I Trailer. Forget, yeah, or I, forget trailer. They, I forget what they called him, yeah.
2: Uh, and then if you look at some of the older Mid-Atlantic episodes, because some of the Mid-Atlantic from like 81 to 83, uh, again, it's on the network until the network goes away. Here, here's my And confusion. then hopefully it'll be on Peacock.
0: Uh, the I listened to a podcast also that was talking about the heat between Rick uh, Scott Steiner and Ric Flair.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what it okay. was. I blended the and, two together. And Rick Steiner also comes into play, and we'll, we'll cover this toward the end of this, in the heat between Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. yeah. But to get there, we had to go through the 70s and the early 80s, and that's when the uh, Jim Crockett promotions is really expanding. They're doing really well here. Mm-hmm. And Ric Flair is a breakaway star. They have a, Wahoo McDaniels, a huge star. They have so many huge stars, and they're starting to expand a little bit. So it was mainly like, Asheville, Greensboro, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. North and South Carolina was their territory. But in the 70s and early 80s, they're expanding a little bit in the eastern Tennessee, in the West Virginia, North Georgia, uh, parts of Virginia, I think, mm-hmm. and kind of bumping up against Georgia Championship Wrestling to the south, to Lawler and, and Jarrett to the west, and then to the east, I guess, to the McMahon territory. I think McMahon had Baltimore. Oh, yeah, he had D.C. because that's where Vince Sr. was running out of. And then they're also expanding with other companies. Crockett and George Scott bought a stake in Maple Leaf Wrestling, which was Frank Tunney's promotion in Toronto. Uh, people might know Jack Tunney a little better. That was Frank's nephew that took over when Frank Tunney died. Uh, but, they, but Crockett and George Scott had like a 33% interest in Maple Leaf Wrestling, which when the, when Jack Tunney took over and he flipped over to WWF, that was a big legal thing. They wound up getting settled out of court. And Jim Crockett, Rick Flair, and Blackjack Mulligan bought a piece of, or bought the Knoxville territory from the Jarretts, and they started a very, very short-lived secondary territory there too. Mm-hmm. That didn't do so well. And in 1980, Jim Crockett Jr. was elected the president of the NWA, replacing Kansas City promoter, promoter Bob Geigel. Hmm. So up until this point, it's been a slow build. We didn't really cover it a lot, but through the 70s and even the late 60s, they did well, but they weren't really a force in in wrestling in in the NWA. And definitely not with the NWA title. If you look through, Harley Race was a big one. He was out of the Kansas City office. St. Louis was always the seat of power. Uh, Sam Mushnick there. Bob Geigel and Race in Kansas City. You had Eddie Graham in Florida, very powerful. Uh, the Von Erichs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fritz Von Erich was extremely powerful. The Funks. That's how Terry and Dory Funk Jr. both had title runs. And Harley Race was kind of firmly entrenched as your guy. And again, he's out of Kansas City. Don and Allen's
0: what's happening... Important. I bought a Terry Funk shirt off of him, Don for what? Millie. She was selling it. Oh, oh, it was okay, a 2XL. Cool.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Was it the funky one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Those are great. Yeah. And so, as this is happening, Jim Crockett is slowly building power and the buying into the Maple Leaf thing is, is a big part of it. And now he's the president. And in 1981, it's going to be a lot of changes. Some good things happen. Some bad things happen. George Scott left Jim Crockett Promotions after a paid dispute and they brought in only Anderson as a booker. Which was kind of interesting because Ole was also a promoter in Georgia. You had Georgia Championship Wrestling. Um, I think we brought up the Gunkel thing before where Ray Gunkel died and then his wife Ann tried to do, do a promotion mm-hmm. and then Ole Anderson and the Briscoes and these other guys like, competed and they wound up winning and pushing Ann Gunkel out. So Ole Anderson's kind of controlling Georgia now but he's, he's also running Georgia, wrestling in Georgia but now he's also going to book Mid-Atlantic for Jim Crockett. Is the Four That's Horsemen stable at this time? No, no, Not that yet. was in '85. I want to say, '84, '85. Okay. So, uh, in fact, Arn Anderson is. I think this is around the time he's Marty Lundy. In, yeah. uh He he was Marty Lundy. He he was in Mid South, and he 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 was Marty Lundy. He was just like an, an underneath guy, and then he became Super Olympia. He wore a mask, and he was with this guy, Mister Olympia, Jerry Stubbs, and they were a tag team, and then they feuded with each other, and then they did the whole thing where he said he was our. Uh, I think they said he was Gene and Lars's cousin. And then Ric Flair was also their cousin. Yeah. Everybody was a cousin back then. Yeah. Like that was what Ric Flair wanted. He wanted to be Dusty Rose's cousin. <laughs> he wanted his name to be Ramblin' Ricky Rose. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of Ric Flair, uh, the, the big thing, the milestone that happens in 1981 is that Ric Flair is the first guy to bring the NWA World title to, to Jim Crockett promotions as a home guy who calls that promotion his home base, being the champion, and he wins it in 1981. Wow. And then they built from there, and and Flair was champion for about a year. He lost it back to Race, but that was really more of an angle than, any, than anything. And Bob Geigle, wound up from uh, from the Kansas City office wound up being the president of the NWA again. But Jim Crockett has some big plans now, and and Harley Race wins the title back just so they can set up a rematch where Flair wins it again, and that's going to happen at the biggest show that the Crockett's ever done, and really something that changed wrestling to this day. Stop uh, because you always had the him. that's right. The granddaddy of them all. Yeah. You had your super shows before this, like the big Shea Stadium show. They would do stadium shows in New Orleans and in Tampa and places like that. Anywhere where the weather was nice and had a baseball stadium, they would try to run a big show. But Starcade was different. It was their annual Thanksgiving show. That was always the big Crockett show. Was always Thanksgiving night. You know, you would have your Thanksgiving dinner and then you would go to the Greensboro Coliseum to watch wrestling. But Starcade was closed circuit across all of their territory, theaters all over. North Carolina, South Carolina, everywhere they would go, and the big thing here is that Ric Flair again wins the NWA title from Harley Race in a cage, um, and it's really changing wrestling to that everything's building to this super show, because it's not more than a year and a half after this that we get WrestleMania, and it's not more than and then Starrcade becomes an annual thing, and then pay per view comes in a few years later, and Starrcade was also another big booking change. Uh Oli was out at this point. Oli was not booking, and around Starcade, it was around the time that Dusty Rhodes, who was he was the biggest baby face in wrestling until Hulk Hogan blew up, and Dusty Rhodes was also a big creative guy in Florida with Eddie Graham. Eddie Graham was like the man. Eddie Graham, if you talk to old people, old school people, they're gonna say he's one of the greatest creative minds that wrestling yeah, ever had. Finish guy, and and Dusty kind of learned under him, but this was Dusty's chance to. Get the book to be in control of a territory, and so things changed. And then uh, that's so Flair won the title as a babyface, but he's going to slowly go heel, and that's where the Horsemen form. The horseman was when they had a match. It was uh, I want to say it was. i could could be getting this wrong. It was going to be Flair and Dusty against the Russians, hmm, and then Flair right. turned, and then Flair turned on Dusty, and and Flair, Arn, Oli, and Blanchard all beat down. Dusty in the cage and they were keeping the Russian, and they were keeping uh, all the baby faces from, from getting out getting into the cage. Mm-hmm. I think that's how the four horsemen formed. Because by Star Kid 84, you're doing flair against Dusty. Were were they it, were they the horse? Like did they say like we like
1: did they throw up a four? Did not they? at the beginning. Not that night. Yeah.
2: It was a I think Arn actually mentioned it in a uh in a promo. Was it a promo? Yeah. I think it was Arn that said no, it. It said
1: something like we're the four horsemen of professional wrestling. Like like not saying this yeah. is the name. I don't even think. I don't even think it was
2: that. I think he said, like, not since the Four Horsemen, talking about, like, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, the biblical Four Horsemen, like, not since the Four Horsemen have so few, caused so much destruction or something like that. It was a right. really good line. Was it
0: like the fans then kind of gravitated to Four Horsemen
2: and stuff? Like, yeah, and it, it kind of, yeah, I don't think, like, a marketing department thought it up like they would do, do now for... I wish
0: game. I wish they did stuff more like that. Like, for example, like, they obviously AEW tries to bring back a lot of these old storylines, you know, and and Pinnacle they're saying it's mm-hmm. going to be like the new Four Horsemen, but they already have their name Pinnacle or like the, the the Nightmare Family. Yeah, like sometimes like just let things without a name and let it develop what, and yeah. kind of get let the fans kind of like see what catches because you're trying to like sometimes you're trying to force something when it happens not like Degeneration X happened organically because he goes you're a bunch of degenerates yeah. and they're like. Degeneration X. You know what I mean? Like,
2: I, I think that might have been a little more planned than that. Yeah. But, really?
0: Oh, I mean, yeah. but like, even if it was, the way it was set up, it would sound... Yeah, it, 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 so it would sound organic. More yeah. organic yeah. And I guess purpose. now, WWE tries to do that where it comes off like, organic. Like, we have this
1: idea for a group, it is this name, and the, or you know, are they say people. it
0: 400 times. Yeah, and they beat it yeah. over your head and then yeah. you hate it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or where they try to... Uh, where they're telling you the name of the stable as it's forming in the ring. Yeah, which I don't right. like that at all. Like, oh the the, 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 the retribution. You should like, always yeah. wait like a little bit. Exactly. Like let mm-hmm. it come let it come naturally. Cause like I said, yeah, the four they, horsemen they,
2: stuck. They totally did that with the X. Yeah. And the other thing that I was thinking of when you we were talking about that was when Steve Austin wins that King of the Ring and he's saying Austin three sixteen says, I just whipped your ass. They're not having them say, Go say that because that's going to be the thing that sells a million t shirts, is going to make you the biggest star in the history of wrestling. Like, that wasn't in anybody's head, yeah. That, that t uh, shirt is still the number.
0: If you put that t shirt on a shelf, it'll still sell. Mm-hmm. Austin 316, it's just, it's, the, it's it'll never go away. It's like a Hulkamania shirt, yeah. It'll probably, it'll probably
2: last longer than a Hulkamania shirt, but
1: might, my... yeah, probably,
2: yeah, because so, the- so. Th- so just jumping back, sorry, jumping back to the uh, the Crockett thing. Things are going well after Star kit 83, but things are also about to change. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the, the Vince McMahon we all know. This is uh, where things get dirty. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Well, the NWA did some dirty stuff, too. Don't, yeah. don't get a twist. That's not this story, but the NWA did some dirty stuff, too. But Vincent Kennedy McMahon bought the Capital Wrestling Corporation, which was the parent company... Of uh his father's version of the WWF in 1982. But his Titan Sports did continue kind of business as usual through most of 83. They did it's not like Vince bought the company and all of a sudden was like I'm taking over the world. God like, damn it. It was a little bit of a slower build. But that does change in eighty three, and I think that's when Vince's father was an ill health or he maybe even passed at that point. And Vince and his lieutenant his top lieutenant at the time was uh Jim Barnett. Jim.
1: Uh
2: who was? Yeah, you they know, always called call Don Callis like that invisible hand that's kind of working everything behind the scenes. That was Jim Barnett. Jim Barnett was a very famous promoter in his own right. Uh, very famous booker. He had the original World Championship Wrestling in Australia. Uh, he was very close friends with Jimmy Carter, uh, mm. the president. Jimmy Carter. Now would Vince uh, so, trust him with booking, or would he? he still metal. He didn't book. Um, George Scott was actually the booker for WWF at this time. And Vince would meddle. Vince would always have the final say, but George Scott would be like putting things together. Jim Barnett was more of the business side of things. Jim Barnett was more like a deal maker and just kind of brokering things, making things happen behind the scenes. He wasn't like more on the creative end. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, Vince and Jim Barnett arrive at the NWA meeting. They would have this big convention in Vegas every year. All the uh, NWA promoters would get together in Vegas and he comes in just to say I'm out. Because even though WWF was separate, at this point, they'd had their own champion for about 20 years. You know, going back to Buddy Rogers and Bruno San Martino, even though they weren't part of the NWA and they didn't recognize the NWA champion as their world champion, Vince Sr. still held a seat on the board, Vincent J. McMahon. He was still held in very, very high esteem by everybody in the NWA. He didn't mess with their territory, they didn't mess with his. And they would do talent exchanges. Dusty Rhodes and wrestle superstar Billy Graham. They're, they're, it was very harmonious, even though they mm-hmm. weren't really... together. Usually when people would break off at that point, it was because they wanted somebody else to be champion. Vern Gagne broke off and started the AWA because he wanted to be champion. He didn't want Luthez to be champion. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be champion. Uh, and, and Wally Carbo, too. It was Vern and Wally Carbo. Uh, Vin Sr. broke off because Luthez was very respected and, and very uh, did very well as champion in the like St. Louis and all those areas, but in... In the more glitz and glamour New York, Philly, like Boston, like the Northeast, Buddy Rogers was a much bigger draw than Luthez. So usually, when they would break off here, it wasn't like a disrespect or a war. It was just that we want this guy to be our champion. He's going to be a better fit. This is Vince declaring war. <laughs> and this is Vince saying, I'm coming after your territories. I'm competing with you. The, the days of everybody has their own little space and, nobody should, and nobody's going to cross the line. That's over. And so that's what he does. He would, st- he would steal wrestlers, especially from the AWA. He took so many people from the AWA: mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan, Gene Okerlund, Hulk Hogan, Dave Schultz. Uh, he he takes Roddy Piper from uh, I don't know if he was in Mid Atlantic or Portland oh, yeah. or where he was at that point. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Briscoes from Georgia. Yeah, everybody, you, you, you said dogs. you said uh, Ted DiBiase, right? Mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase is a little bit later. Yeah, okay. was around like eighty-seven. Was that t- take- t- t- Ted and? Um- Hacksaw Jim Douglas. Hacksaw Jim
0: Duggar. They,
1: they were in uh, UWF. They were yeah. with
0: Bill Watts. Yeah.
2: And yeah, everybody. Uh, the only guys he couldn't really get were like Flair. Flair never really jumped until way later. Uh, the Von Ericks, because they were working for their dad. And but yeah, Harley Race was a. He held out for a long time. We went back to Kid '83. That was when it was starting. And apparently, there was a like he was trying to Vince was trying to pay Harley Race to not drop that title of flair come to me bring the title to me and harley race would not do it he, he told vince like uh because i think they were in like a bathroom or something or somewhere where there was a mirror and he points to the mirror he's like vince what do you see in that mirror he's like i see you it's like that's what i have to see in the mirror every day and he's like i'm not doing it
0: classic so, yeah, yeah, yeah i mean he, he did jump later l- yeah. but at well, that he, point he probably did it when the company had nothing else for him and then he left
2: he did it well he also was a he was also office like a lot of the guys who didn't leave were either like Ric Flair, where they were really taken care of, and very close to the promoter, or Dusty, who was a Booker, uh, Ole, who was a Booker and promoter. race had a piece in the uh, in the uh, Kansas City office, and he really he came over when that Kansas City office died. Yeah, and Terry Funk came over when the Amarillo territory died, mm-hmm. and uh, Jerry Lawler he was he held out forever because Memphis was really the last territory standing besides Crockett becoming WCW. But yeah, so for for some of these guys, it was it was war. Now it was war, and 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 Crockett did a better job than most of like keeping their people. Some people left later. Rick Rude left. He was like the, actually a tag champion when he left. Uh, at the very end of it, uh, Blanchard and Arn Anderson left. But they they did a pretty good job of holding on to their guys. Mm-hmm. But the big thing that happens here is Vince is also like because the way that TV would work at that point is that. The wrestling companies didn't get paid to do the TV shows. They would do the TV shows for free. The TV company was happy because we're getting free programming. Wrestling usually did very, very well in the ratings, really well in the ratings. They were getting it for free, and all the wrestling companies wanted was, oh, we want to just basically use it as a commercial to so sell tickets to our arena shows. Yeah. Vince would come in and would say, I will pay you like whatever $2,000 a week to not air Mid-Atlantic, and air my show instead, air All-Star Wrestling or Superstars or whatever it would be. The TV so he station, would buy exactly. these time of people. Of course. We, we get the content and money? Why not? Yeah. You're going to pay us? And you, you're going to give us content? Yeah. Uh, and it, they, we, I don't think he was paying like infomercial prices, but yeah, he would buy the time of people. And that's what he did with Georgia Championship Wrestling because at this point, one of the things that's forcing the national expansion is that cable is a thing now. Cable TV is a thing. And you can you know, be on TBS or USA, right? Right over the mountain there, Monty City, Monte Pennsylvania. Day. Absolutely, yeah. And the yeah, you didn't have TBS until nineteen ninety-four. Severance, maybe. So, so yeah. So with cable, with TBS, with USA, ESPN, you could you could be on across the country with cable. And so WTBS, which was a local station in Georgia, owned by Ted Turner. They wanted to become a super station, so they took their their local
1: Atlanta station. <laughs> think about that and now. And they put it on oh.
0: <laughs> TBS.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's how it
1: started.
0: Name someone. Name a show on TBS that you watch weekly.
1: Nothing. I haven't <laughs> watched TBS probably since uh, Saturday <laughs> I left. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Of the last thing I would have watched. I think on they have TBS. like it's, reruns of I don't know Seinfeld or something. Seinfeld. I, yeah, Big Bang Theory. I think they, they do a lot of comedy reruns. Yeah. The Superstation.
0: It's like all like old syndicated shows they replay.
1: Yeah. And Well, they have Atlanta Braves game still, right? I don't know. Or maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. I think I think that's nationalized. Wow. Now. How about and that? I don't think they I don't think they own the Braves anymore.
2: Uh, they, I, no, because TNT has the basketball. I know they do mm-hmm. have basketball. T, TBS will have playoff baseball. Oh, okay. But yeah, so so back then, yeah, back in the day, the big things TBS was known for was like the Andy Griffith show, yeah. Mama's Family braves baseball and wrestling I like something. that was what and the goodwill game yeah what right now.
1: <laughs> what, what, a, what a combo and
2: but so for for the for the longest time there the, the show on tbs was always called world championship wrestling it was the name from jim barnett's thing and well it was started as georgia championship wrestling and then around like 82 83 they changed it to world championship wrestling and in 1984 vince McMahon really wants that tbs time slot and they have a contract. So, how does he get around it? He buys Georgia Championship Wrestling. <laughs> Everybody but Ole Anderson had owned that company sold out to Vince, mainly the Briscoe brothers. And because Ole and the Briscos are partners there. And Vince basically screws Ole out of the company and takes over the time slot. Ole tried to do something called Championship Wrestling from Georgia, but it didn't last too long. Yeah. But so Vince takes it and, and, and WWF debuts on TBS on July 14th, 1984, which is known now as Black Saturday. Because oh, did the uh, did the local Atlanta fans hate that? Mm-hmm. The southern the, people the, were not happy
1: with WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the time,
2: because again, the, the at this point with Vince, with TNT, with Hulk, like every other wrestling fans that weren't really WWE fans looked down on it. It was it was cartoon wrestling. It was for kids. It wasn't real wrestling. So there were very very device of camps here mm-hmm. and i love the WWF. i mean i grew up but i was a kid so of course i liked it i like wcw too um it was wrestling a- any wrestling is good as far as i'm concerned especially back then but yeah fans were not happy ted turner was not happy because in the very beginning they were just showing clips of old matches from madison square garden or that were on all-star wrestling or superstars or something like that where ted turner was promised a live show shot at wtbs studio in atlanta every week and that's not what he was getting until later And later they would send Gorilla Monsoon and some wrestlers down around like 85. But people still hated it. They didn't want to see the WWF, guys. They wanted to see Georgia Championship Wrestling, which at this point doesn't even exist anymore. (laughs) So something has to happen. Vince is losing money on the deal. It didn't pan out the way he wanted. They couldn't really get a foothold in Atlanta. And Ted Turner doesn't like it because ratings are down and people are complaining. So the person that actually makes the deal here. And He had left WWF at the time, but he still had so many connections. Just a powerful guy behind the scenes was Jim Barnett. So they wanted oh, to try my to, my boy, my boy. <laughs> my boy. Uh, Jim Barnett also, um, and, and I, I it was an open secret in wrestling, is one of the very first uh, uh, people from the LGBT community. He was a uh, open, openly gay within to an extent, like he wasn't yes. like out and. In, in a sense now but it was an open kind of like Pat Patterson it was yeah, an open secret let the boys know in wrestling mm-hmm. yeah and so the, uh, the, whole, the first idea was that Bill Watts would take over the time slot and Mid-South Wrestling but they couldn't come to a deal on that and so finally Jim Barnett brokers a deal where WWF sells the TBS time slot and the I guess the intellectual property of Georgia Championship Wrestling to Jim Crockett promotions for about one million dollars <laughs> that was always the rumor so if it's made money Yeah, yeah, Vince made hundred grand on the deal. (laughs) And and this was at a time where Vince was kind of hurting for money. This was right after WrestleMania. WrestleMania was successful, but it was expensive. And they had kind of laid it on the line for that. And this was just a a shot in the arm, and they were very cash poor. And it also worked for Crockett for a while, because once they got on TBS, the, the audience liked them a lot more than they liked WWF. And the show was a hit. But they weren't growing at the same pace that that Vince was. And so another effort that was made here was Pro Wrestling USA. So you had all these people like Vern Gagne and Crockett and Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett in in, uh, Memphis and Ole Anderson in Georgia. So they all say, hey, let's come together. Let's pull our resources. We can either fall apart or stand together. And they make this thing called Pro Wrestling USA, and they're going to run shows in WWF strongholds, and they're going to go to towns that WWF is running and run the same night (laughs) and we're going to have an NWA title match and an AWA title match and all these things it didn't work it it didn't work WWF was was a runaway train WWF was really a runaway train at this time and Vern Gagne and Jim Crockett really didn't see eye to eye there was just like power struggles and so Crockett's just like okay I'm gonna just try to do this myself now so he's gonna go national he's running that's when he starts running Philly a lot more they would run East Rutherford, which is just right outside of New York. It's where MetLife Stadium is, where WrestleMania has been. Yeah, Chicago. Uh, they would run Chicago, Florida, New Orleans. And that's not even Vince territory. Like Vince is running there. Chicago was Vern's territory. New Orleans was Watts's territory. Florida was Eddie Graham's on his last legs here, and unfortunately, I, I, that's not the really that's that's a bad way to put it because he did kill himself. Yeah, but Eddie, the, the Florida territory is struggling at this time. And they're it's running back like Gang
1: wars. It, it was, and a lot of them wanted were talked about possibly killing Vince when they got yeah. together at their NWA meetings, like hiring a hitman yeah, to take Vince out. That's mm-hmm. how bad it was. There, oh, isn't the one uh, DVD? Uh, uh, they think there's a territories yeah. DVD. They were fucking. It's very good. I like they were ball. Joe
0: exoticing fucking Vince McMahon. There was oh, talks yeah. about it,
1: yeah. That's and even even like <laughs> some promoters. If they didn't like an air promoter, they would be like, "Well, maybe we can take care of them." You know, like yeah.
0: it. like old school yeah, mobsters. Yeah, okay. the NWA
1: are the yeah, yeah the NBA not so much Jim Crockett, but overall the bit was very mob like. Like oh the yeah, right. and <laughs> oh, and, you're, uh, the, you're Ver-
0: the champion. Uh, break his legs. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but anyway, Vern didn't Vern like offer chic like. Yeah, twenty thousand dollars, twenty-five thousand dollars to hurt Hogan. Yeah, and the match was going to drop a title to him. Yeah, break his leg. Oh, uh, there shit. was always a, there was always a rumor that they were trying to hire Bruiser Brody to jump the rail at the first WrestleMania and beat up Mr. T.
1: Yeah, <laughs> ain't that something? Like what they yeah, used to it's, do. It's crazy.
0: I don't know. he just did there.
1: And like when people would leave AWA, they would like almost like like Bobby Heenan. They said like they threatened him, like you better not leave.
2: <laughs> well, Heenan he said. Heenan said. Heenan said something like. uh like he he goes in because he wanted, he he was very upsetting on those things and he said he went to the office because he wanted to tell Vern he was leaving in person because some people just didn't show up. Yeah, like I think I don't know if Okerlund was one of them, but some people just didn't show up. A little bit easier and, that, especially back then. And so he's in the office with Vern or Greg, and they shot the door and like let's throw him out the window. And <laughs> he was like, and and Heenan's like upset, like worried for a while, uh, but they were like they were like you know we're, they, they they were kind of kidding. They they weren't going to do anything to Heenan. It's just, it's just so, crazy
0: how much ego can hold back too. Like you know, what I mean, like mm-hmm. you could all work together and mm-hmm. take down the guy who's 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 running the show. And they, I don't think they could.
2: Have, I think it was too late at that point. Yeah, like, if you yeah. would have done it maybe before Mania, maybe you could have done it.
0: But I'm sure too. Like what, what, we'll we'll get into like how he how Crockett bought UF like I'll bought that for promotion. But it was like they bought it to squish their talent and not put over. Like they didn't. They yeah. still didn't work together. Like it was not really. They still had all their things where like our guy casts to go over your guy and your guy can't. Like it wasn't. Like, there was no structure to make, every, make it work for everybody. There was this still all those the, egos
2: in the way. Mm-hmm. This is the downside of all invasion angles, unless it's, like, a true working agreement where, like, it's kind of preordained ahead of time. Like, one of the best invasion angles ever was ROH and CCW mm-hmm. because... They knew going in, like, ROH is a bigger company. At the very end, they're going to be the ones that win. Yeah, But, but CZW is going to be benefiting from the exposure.
0: Yeah, when you do that angle, and I, they kind of talked about this in the podcast, too, where it's like, Vince knew the blueprint on how to do an invasion because he just don't do what Jim Crocker yeah. Promotions did. So let the other company come in and get the, get the upper hand on your talent for a while, have them mm-hmm. chase, yep. and then their payoff is your company yeah, goes over.
1: He did exactly what they did.
0: Exactly. They come in and completely squash all mm-hmm. their talent. I honestly think what's going on now in AEW, if that New Japan thing happens or an ROH thing happens or anything like that of the sort, I th- I, I feel like the ego is not there anymore. And I think, I think they know the bigger picture and that they can benefit no, from one if another.
1: You, if Thunder yeah. Rosa's NWA contracted. Yeah. You know, she yeah. just beat Brick Baker. Yeah. You know? it's and i probably going to win the title. And, and, we're, and New we're getting and Omega Japan versus, will not allow, no, New yeah. Japan will not
2: allow their talent to be stepped on either. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and I mean Omega's going over and fighting for the, the impact championship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just
2: most
1: likely gonna win. It.
0: Yeah. I I mean I I, I bag on Rich Swan just because I mean he's very talented. Mm-hmm. I just when you look at that roster you're like like he just, just he doesn't
1: he doesn't seem like the world champion. And I don't no. watch and he's it week, good. He's and I don't, good.
0: I don't watch it weekly. Yeah. So it's hard for me to like visually see him as the world champion. Like I love Xavier Woods, but if I don't I I not think I'd ever see Xavier yeah. Woods as world champion. It's
1: even a little lesser. It's kinda like uh because he's a small guy. It'd be like... Like if, Ricochet. Yeah, if Ricochet was world champion, like, well...
0: Eh, and maybe know. that's just the wrestling brain where I just... Uh, it has to be the big yeah, guy. Yeah, or like
1: Jungle Boy was world champion right now, like, well... That's weird. Yeah.
0: Like, I can see Ace Austin being the world champion.
1: I, I he's just... a little bit... He's, he's, he's bigger than Rich Swan.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, Rich Swan's every match I've ever seen him in, he's super entertaining mm-hmm. and he's fun to watch. It's just weird mm-hmm. to me to see him... Like, you would think if you're getting a champion versus champion match... You would have never guessed. And if you would have told me 20 years ago, we're going to get a champion versus champion, it's going to be Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan. Yeah. Like, I would have never yeah. seen that coming. <laughs>
2: like <laughs> I don't know who an impact you do put along, but yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, yeah, did.
0: yeah. They're probably, like, put, um, now they're they're getting, it seems like they're going hard on the, the Brian Myers, Matt Cardone thing. Ugh. Like, so I think Matt <laughs> Cardone will be a champion, which once again, nice guy. It just, his, his wrestling style never got me.
1: It's kind of bland. Yeah.
2: So the the, uh, the thing you're alluding to here, and this happens in '87, is that Mid South Wrestling becomes the UWF. Yeah, because they want and to seem bigger
1: too. Like everyone went, didn't want to be territorial anymore; they want to sound like they're a world promotion. Yeah. The Universal Wrestling Federation, yeah, though, yeah. rather than and
2: uh, well, he he Mid South.
0: He bought it to. oh, well, this is what I just learned in the podcast. He bought it. But kept it business as usual, so it looked like there was two rival companies. But in reality, well, the, he owned the plan
1: both them. was to have both, and then they would come together uh, like a Super Bowl of wrestling. Yeah, from Ross we used to say, "It would be UWF versus uh, NWA, and they come together for one super show."
0: And then it would be like the UWF as the opening matches, and the main event was Crockett.
1: Well, well it wasn't supposed to be that.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and what happened with that is UWF did get hurt a lot by Vince. They 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 did lose a lot of guys. Junkyard Dog was their big star. He was gone. Ted DiBiase was a big one. He was gone. Yeah, Jim Duggan. Um, Jim Duggan. And so the real big thing that did them in, though, was that the oil industry collapsed. And that was such a huge part of the economy and the towns they would run. Like, they would run a lot in Texas. They would run a lot in Dallas. They would run a lot in New Orleans. And when the oil industry went down and went south and went really bad, a lot of these towns hurt economically
1: so 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 bad to make it local and, like the coal when yeah. the coal wasn't yeah. as big anymore and the towns became what they are now going
0: back to that real quick how you're talking about how they swallowed up a lot of uh talent i mean that kind of happened when aew started like everyone kind of swallowed up talent roh took a huge hit of mm-hmm. these companies mm-hmm. but it's crazy that their big names that you guys just said like junkyard dog and and uh and jim duggan were these huge stars in this company and they come to be, and they became cartoon characters yeah and jim
1: duggan was kind of for lack of a bread Better term, slow in WWE. He played a slow yeah. adult,
0: yeah. Like a blue man working collar, yeah. stupid redneck mm-hmm. guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just it, like I can definitely see how fans back then gravitated more to the Crockett because it was more like this is pure wrestling. This is more and, real. And, and w- WWE like ECW, is cartoon yeah. characters, yeah. yeah.
2: So, yeah, like you said, they, they really just did bungle the whole merging UWF and and and. And the NWA, and and because at this point Jim Crocker promotions basically is the NWA. Yeah, like there's still a little bit going on in Florida and in and, 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 and in Oregon and places like that. But world class, Se- world class separate now, world class separate. Memphis was pretty much separate. They were calling themselves the Continental Wrestling Alliance at that point, and they were kind of doing their own thing. And so really, Jim Crocker promotions, for all intents and purposes, is the NWA at this point. And they're just it, 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 they're they they can't keep up with the expansion. And they, these, these cities they would move into, like Philly, we talk about Philly, they did well. Baltimore, they did well. Some places they ran, they didn't do so well. Uh, they didn't do so well when they would run like New York or, or even North Jersey. Philly, Philly was about as far north as they went to be successful. And, and they wouldn't do well like, going into like Ghana territory. And, and so they were spreading themselves too thin and they were just escalating money uh, to keep people from jumping. They were paying guaranteed contracts. Vince wasn't even doing that. Vince they would always say Vince would give you an opportunity but you were getting paid off your house you're getting paid off your merch sales Crockett was given out guaranteed contracts and in 88 when they really hit in the financial trouble they were still paying off the sale to Watts or the the Watts sale which is UWF Bill Watts rather UWF and they had all these contracts coming due and I think the way they would pay them is you would get your pay at the beginning of the year like you wouldn't get paid weekly you would get paid like if you were making 100 grand a year. They would hand you a check for a hundred thousand dollars
1: for the year. That's crazy. Because then what motivation? Guys like, yeah, it's not gonna show up to this one. And, and then they claim Lex Luger was the first. Uh, I might be wrong on contract. that. I, maybe it was like a weekly, a weekly salary. Could you imagine? But, you're giving guys who.
0: Having a notorious problem for a not paying their taxes, b drug and alcohol
1: problems, and just blowing money. In jail. The
2: more I'm thinking of this, the more I could be wrong on that. But they did have some kind of balloon payments too.
1: Yeah. It might have been, it might it have might been, been every th- month or every quarter, even. Yeah,
0: Jesus. He had like a guy like Jake the Snake back in his time, <laughs> his yearly salary. Grand. Here you go. How buddy. is he still alive?
2: <laughs> and then you did have some uh, some issues too with Vince. Like Vince was just hammering them. And the things they were relying on for money, they just weren't going to get it. Now uh, they moved to the paper.
0: Was Vince the same way then as he is now? Where he's like, "Hey, listen, we'll, we're not paying you as much, but we're giving you the exposure. Um, but when you start getting the exposure, we'll ring you, we'll rail you back. Like, like, uh, go." The brass rings there. No, so- not
1: not back then. If you got over, they mm. would utilize you. Okay, yeah. And they had the guys that put It wasn't like how it is now. It didn't get that way until like two thousand four, yeah. five.
2: The big thing, yeah, the big thing difference there was now there is some guaranteed money in WWF, where or WWE, where guys have like a downside guarantee. Like if you're signing with them, like, okay, your downside guarantee is this is a like two hundred thousand dollars. I'm pulling mm-hmm. a name out of a number out of my hat, and basically that is if you are injured and you don't work a day in the year, that's what you're gonna make. Yeah, but then you would get paid on like back then, every guy would get paid on house shows. Like you get paid a certain percentage of the house show or the pay per view, depending on where you were on the card. Anytime they sold an action figure, you would get paid a little chunk of that. If you were in a video game and they sold it, you would get paid a little chunk of that. And they still do that. Yeah. They still uh I don't know how they do it now with the network, especially now that the network, they're not even making money off it. It's just like they're getting paid a flat fee from Peacock for the network. So I don't know how exactly that's working now. Because especially with no how shows being run, WWE's income streams are all very fixed. Do you think we'll lose so,
0: documentaries on the network now?
2: No. No, I think Peacock I, I, wants
1: yeah, I think they still want, like, original content like that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about, like, all the other shows. But like, when the Network Fricks came, there was a lot of cool shows, and they just gave up on them, like, right away. There was
0: a—it may sound corny, and you may hate it, but, like, there was, a like, a punk-style show.
1: Yeah, there was. I forget that show. And it was Swerve. funny. Swerve, Swerve, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. It had, like, three seasons. Yeah, yeah. there was— um the, uh, the, round- the rumor is the rest— the
2: wrestlers didn't like it, is the rumor on that. I can believe that one.
0: I thought Fandango was funny. Like, he actually, he, he, it, it's one of those guys who's like, oh, he actually has a personality when he's not well, yeah, his yeah character. a lot of people um, do.
1: And then they had that, uh, the, the cartoon. Ri- the ride along one. The cartoon was great where they tell stories and they animate it. Yeah. I thought that was oh, really like story good. time, yeah.
0: Well, story time, and then they had the camp, like the camp WWE. Yeah,
1: oh, that one wasn't bad. The one was fantastic WrestleMania Rewind, where they would talk about the match and yeah. what that up to the match, and then they'd show the match, and then mm-hmm. people would talk about it after. That was fantastic, and they just stopped. Like, why did you stop that show? Yeah. And they had a lot of shows that were kind of the same version of the same show. Yeah, and then they just the, the, just gave the up table well.
0: of three was good. Where table they of had, three was fantastic. People sit around and talk,
1: and that was that was based off of when when it was WWE twenty four seven, and they had the legend roundtable. Yeah, and they were all very yeah. good.
0: And now all that else it was, just
1: was be- podcast before podcast.
0: Okay. Yeah, it was a podcast, before- and now like you have a guy like like Stone Cold who just like is. Not shockingly, but like once again, you you tell me the heart of Stone Cold's career. You're like, oh, he's going to become a, like a really top notch interviewer in a podcast. Yeah. You're like, well, yeah, right. <laughs> but he is actually when I when I was waiting for Brian in the car, I listened to like th- two podcasts, and one of the other ones I list I started listening to was uh, when Shawn Michaels is on okay. Stone Cold's podcast. And yeah, they, like, he talked. doesn't
1: do his weekly podcast anymore, right? I don't think so. I think like he like I think he lost. Hold- I think he's holding yeah. back.
0: I think he has. Uh, I think the big thing with him, I don't know if he has like a producer or anything like that, like a lot of the big name guys okay. do. So when he does it, he's doing it via Skype.
1: He was like the first person to get real big wrestling podcasts. Yeah. Like Coke Man yeah. was, but then like you no, Steve Austin obviously bigger than Coke. Yeah.
0: yeah, you're gonna listen to a Stone Cold yeah. story. Before. And then he had
1: his, his family friendly one, and then he had his his one where he could curse. And yeah. like well, what kid wants to listen to uh PG you know, Stone Cold Brian Knobs tell a story and not curse? You yeah. know? No <laughs> no kid.
0: Um but yeah, it was it was interesting, like yeah, I don't know. The, the content on there was was fantastic. And it's it's one of those things too. Too. It's like well, only only if you're allowed to have your content. Like if you went out and did your own thing, like a Zach Ryder, or yeah, you know, like no, 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 can't yeah. do, can't go out on your own.
1: Yeah, don't you can't get over. It. We don't want you to. Yeah. Anyway,
0: sorry, another tangent. Yeah,
1: I, and I know that I
2: don't know. Like I'm not sure. Like I just looked it up and it said like classic. I guess they're rerunning some of them. Okay. But yeah. he was he was also getting paid for that because uh, it was podcast one Westwood one, which mm-hmm. is a big radio thing, was branching out in the podcast. So he was like yeah, getting paid to do that. So if that money went away, then I'm guessing he's not going to do it. Uh, but what what happened here at the end with Crockett was very much dirty pool, and obviously we were talking about like yeah the NWA was like a mob and Vince Vince fought back. Vince fought these guys with everything, and and pay per view was starting to take hold in in the in the mid eighties. I had the yeah the Wrestling Classic, you had WrestleMania two, II, WrestleMania three just took it to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. So after WrestleMania three, Jim Crockett's like hey we should try this, and so Stargate eighty seven, Chi-Town Heat mm. is going to be the uh, the first NWA pay per view. Thanksgiving night like like Starcade always is uh, but this time it's in Chicago and not in, in 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 the Carolinas like it always was. And so what they do here is Vince McMahon comes up with a brand new pay-per-view concept called Survivor Series. Lo and behold it's on Thanksgiving night, the same night as Starcade. Yeah. <laughs> and so Crockett's like, "Okay, we're going to do Starcade earlier in the day. We see what's going on here, but we'll we'll, we'll work, we'll we'll play this game. We'll do Starcade earlier in the day." And he goes to cable company. He's like, "Hey, like, charge like, like, just say Starcade was going to be fifteen dollars and, and Survivor Series was going to be twenty. Why don't you charge people thirty for both and make it a package deal? They can have a whole day of it." And Vince is me. like, "Yeah." And Vince is like, "If you show Starcade, you're <laughs> yeah. not getting Survivor Series and you're not getting WrestleMania Four. So don't
1: show Starcade." Yeah, ain't that something? <laughs> you want know, my pay is- view? You can't show theirs that is uh and that is exactly what most carriers did, yeah, because I think it was something like they knew they they already had WrestleMania, so like well, that's what the people were getting, whereas the Star kids knew we don't know how this was going to do.
2: yeah, I think it was like cable systems like three cable systems in North Carolina, like in Charlotte Greensboro, and somewhere else, and one in San Diego, California, were the only ones that that <laughs> so- stood up to Vince. Which is funny because Dave Meltzer saw it. Like he talks about like going to a friend's house to watch Starcade '87. That's funny. Yeah, and so like only like four, five, six cable companies around the country showed Starcade, and so then Star Crockett's just gonna try again. So in early 88, he's like, okay, we're going to do bunkhouse bunkhouse stampede. We're going to do a big battle royal. Like, everybody can, it's come as you are. People are like jeans with the knee pads
1: over the jeans. In the cowboy boots, and you tape in the your cowboy boots. Jeans around the cowboy boots. I want to do that for a Street fight one day. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> tape your boots here. Like, so. yeah.
1: it <laughs> makes no sense. Like, what? You know
0: what? Your jeans are right up.
1: Well,
2: I don't know why they would. Yeah. <laughs> T- tuck them in your boots. <laughs> I mean, you have to do the uh, the knee pads over the jeans. Yeah, you have to. And you have to have a, a red bandana hanging out of the back pocket of the yeah. jeans. Yeah,
1: for no reason at all. I'm well, maybe the thing a wife is, beater. The, you know? thing,
0: the thing is, is if you're wearing knee pads on your boots and your boots are taped to your legs, <laughs> the only thing you have to like really don't wear- Don't think too much about it. <laughs> it like, makes no sense. Uh, your pants fall down at your waist more than they f- come up your
1: legs. Yeah. So then like, your ass is hanging out. Who's ever just, had a problem with their pants going up? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you Wrestlers see, uh, in the 80s. you get the tape, and you take the, you take the tape there, there, and you wrap that right, right around your, your jeans that are over your cowboy boots.
2: Okay. And you do that. Maybe, 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 indulge me here. It's so the muffler
1: doesn't yeah. fall yeah, out there of you those, go. Yeah.
0: the leg hole. That might Make, be. Maybe makes it slides you out a your, your jeans. sure you wear a belt, baby, because you want the muffler to go down your leg, it. and if it comes out, if your pants fall down, it come out the top <laughs> of your ass yeah. crack. They
1: said Dusty didn't wear no one to wear. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know, but I want to do that for a street fight. I want to get a pair of the old cowboy boots. And... Would,
0: you, would you ever wear a muffler during a match? No. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't really have a,
0: a need. Can we make that a stipulation for leapfrog? Oh, God. a leapfrog, a muffler match? The, so goons the goons have to wash their face with a muffler.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm tweeting that out there. So, so for, for the bunkhouse stampede, WWF's not going to run a pay-per-view against this, but they do go to USA Network. Uh, They've had TNT and Primetime Wrestling at this point. They have a very good relationship with them. And they do a special, the Night of Bunkhouse Stampede, called the Royal Rumble. (sighs) And that is how the first Royal Rumble comes around, because they want people to watch that and not order Bunkhouse Stampede. So Crockett's going to fight back. Crockett's not going to take this lying down. So WrestleMania 4 is coming up, and they're not going to get on pay-per-view, obviously. So TBS in 88... When WrestleMania 4 happens that night, the very first Clash of the Champions (laughs) is live on TBS with a pay-per-view quality card. Uh, The main event is the match that makes Sting a star for free. (laughs) Ric Flair versus Sting for the first time for free. And they do great. 5.6 rating, huge success. WrestleMania 4 still made a lot of money, but it didn't even do as well as Survivor Series, let alone WrestleMania 3. What was the main event for that one? That was the tournament
1: for the title. Yeah, where Macho Man was with the belt. Was, did it yeah. end
2: with Manchoman
0: uh, Warrior? Reed?
1: No, uh, no, no, Man
2: and DiBiase. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, the, the whole big uh, the draw was that they were going to do uh, a sixteen, uh, yeah, sixteen man tournament, fourteen man tournament for the title. Oh wow, yeah.
0: yeah and, I mean, yeah, I'm, and the big I'm, thing was
2: like, I'm not even a huge one fan. of the guaranteed matches was Hogan and Andre. Like, it was guaranteed you were going to get Hogan and Andre three. Oh, a double DQ. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. Wow. And then you have Sting and... and- both, no. Yeah, but I
1: mean, if, if you have access to two wrestling shows and one you got paid for and one you're not, most people are going to watch the one you don't have to pay yeah. for. Mm-hmm. The first
0: yep. time I ever really experienced something like that where it's like, hey, do you want the brand new thing or do you want something that's maybe just as good but you're paying less was, was in 2005, uh, Madden. The Madden game had mm-hmm. Madden yes. 05 for two, mm-hmm. for twenty for sixty bucks brand new, mm-hmm. and EA, uh, EA, ESPN made two uh, K the ESPN two K 5 and it was uh, it was twenty dollars brand new. Oh wow! And that game gave Madden a run for its money, yeah. and it was and like what did Madden do? No, yeah. yeah, what bought, did they do the very next buy, year? Did they buy it? They they bought um, <laughs> the exclusive rights. bought <laughs> <to laughs> exclusive rights to the NFL, NFL. license, so, so they no they one can else could
1: make it. They learned. Yep. Remember uh back in the day uh, NFL game day for Playstation was a big hit. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. I think I think um sports titles may be going back to the anyone can make them. I thing. think they should. Because I think people are starting like Lucasfilms like Lucas Games mm-hmm. are like, Hey, EA, you can still make your Star Wars games, but now anyone can yeah, make a Star Wars game or that's
1: why Madden is well that's the same game every year. Yep. And that's what everyone says. But if there was a, a competition well, you we know, this football game's a little bit better. It's
0: it's weird because it was one of those things. where- There is
2: where,
1: there's mutant football league. Yeah. Where towards
0: the end there with sports games too, it was like,
2: oh man, like
0: another one of these corny games where it's like super unrealistic and like NFL, like those NFL oh, Rock blitz the rink and, and yeah, they were all it was they were coming out every year with the other ones. And I'm like, you don't need just doing a roster update like. But now people are like, man, I would love to play like an NFL blitz style unrealistic. And yeah, now people game want yeah yeah <laughs> like the Mario tennis or don't Mario soccer. Don't give something
1: to people for a while, and they want it more.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, that's pretty much my first experience of like a company doing that.
2: And, and that whole thing with WrestleMania 4, that was kind of the last hurrah for Jim Crockett promotions. There's a lot of turmoil going on behind the scenes, too. Ric Flair is their biggest star, and Dusty Rhodes is one of their biggest stars, and, and they're Booker, and they're at each other's throats. And it's really coming to a head at the end of 88, and this is at the point where Jim Crockett is like, I'm out of money. And he, he, he and Dusty had moved to Dallas. They were in the old UWF office. They put out a lot of money. They had a private plane. They were flying back and forth, and it just became too much. So they had to sell to Turner. Uh, Turner actually wound up paying off most of the UWF sale. They always say that uh, Bill Watts' uh, wife would say, like, yeah, I have the check. Uh, it has Turner's name on it. And Dusty was still the booker, and he wanted to kind of push Ric Flair out. Like there was always a rumor that at in, in, uh, SummerSlam '88 it was supposed to be Ric Flair and Randy Savage for the uh, the WWF title, but Ric Flair decided at the last minute not to jump. But they they do have the thing where, uh, for Starrcade '88, Dusty Rhodes is making the call that I wanted to be Rick Steiner against Ric Flair, and Rick Steiner is going to win the NWA title in in five minutes. Yeah. Oof. And that was because Rick Steiner uh, he was he was over he w- he was uh, like a, a, a very over mid card babyface, but. The reason they went at Rick Steiner is he had that rep as a tough guy. You're like he's gonna take the title from Rick whether he wants two or not. Yeah. Which is not but it actually, actually wanted to be in say. Dusty that would get fired here, and <laughs> Dusty that would leave. Because uh, when when Turner took over, they, the first thing he said was no blood. Yeah. It, you can't do blood. And Dusty had a thing where the Road Warriors were turning heel, and they were turning heel by beating up Dusty, and he just opened up an artery. He was spraying <laughs> blood all over the place, and he was fired.
1: That's crazy. That's something.
2: Fired over blood. So, yeah. So then Jim Crockett Jr., he had a five-year deal where he couldn't do anything in wrestling after he sold Turner. Like his brothers, we said David and Jackie stayed around. But Jim Crockett Jr., he would be out of it for a long time and he came back. When that 5 years was over, he did come back. He tried to do something called the World Wrestling Network and he partnered up with Paul Heyman yeah, about that. and he used mainly ECW guys. ECW was very hot at the time. They were building their name. And they use guys like Shane Douglas, Sabu, uh just a lot of your top Tommy Dreamer, Tasmaniac at the time, a lot of your top ECW guys. 911 was involved. Uh, speaking of Camp not Belief Frog. Uh yeah. And then some guys that like WWF and cast off, like Nails, Jake Roberts, Cowboy Bob Wharton was in this. I actually Jerry forgot to give you your autograph.
0: That's what I forgot to do today.
2: Oh, It'll I'm I'm sure. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it'll be. A little, I have a, a little poster more free- I have a
0: poster for you too in our last unboxing. It was the uh the texas sportatorium sportatorium oh that's so awesome yeah I have a, oh it's, it's so cool it's like a cartoon version of the building uh, it's uh, pretty cool uh, I, I said you could hang it in the back of your room there
2: yeah yeah i, I wish i could set up something where i could do the, the wall that's over on this side because i have a wrestling wall over here that basically has a uh two Chicara posters and then an Ultraman's is black poster it's like my wrestling wall this is my british wall behind me
0: <laughs> minus the uh, pulp fiction right
2: yeah, yeah, like British <laughs> year and then Pulp Fiction there. Yeah, it's actually if you go down here, movie is because there's a uh, big Lebowski and Scott Pilgrim, too. Yeah,
0: I yeah, have your Warhorse autograph, your 911 autograph, and then poster for you.
2: Oh, wow, I, it's like gonna be Christmas yeah, Day I when I come that. back to the, to oh, the Yeah, studio. <laughs> get the, shot. We'll of, get the of, shot soon, <laughs> of course. Um, of course, the uh, the big reason we're talking about. And, and World Wrestling Network, we should mention, just to really get off the ground. They they had some interesting ideas. Even though it was 94, they're talking about doing, like, internet broadcasting, where I guess, like, the speed wasn't there, especially because they're also trying to shoot in a higher definition than most wrestling was. Uh, and that was the end for, for Crockett in, in the wrestling business. He was mainly, like, real estate and finance in Texas. And the reason we're talking about him for the most part is, unfortunately, that he did just pass away on February 28th uh, due to liver and kidney failure. And his, uh, his brother, I think it was David, that had said that, Two months before that, he had also contracted COVID 19, which put him in bad shape.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, realistically, this from obviously there's a lot of ups and downs here, but this w- without this promotion, you don't get WCW. Without yeah. WCW and in this promotion, you don't get the birth of what we have now
2: at AEW. How many promotions last 50 years, even yeah. beyond that?
1: Like they, they, yeah. they had a great run. Yeah. And especially in the 70s and 80s when it was white hot. You know, not the end oh, yeah. of the eighties, but and
0: the names that came out of it. yeah, and they you know brought, I mean? and
1: they kind of absorbed the promotions around it. You know, and they got that yeah. tape library, and that tape library went to WWE, and that's why WWE library was so valued because it was all the uh, yeah, and the then WWE w- yeah, bought Jordan, it. and yeah. Now you're like you have it all. Yeah, you got Florida, you got Georgia. You know,
0: it's it's just good wrestling education there. Um, like I said, and like I said, it and these companies and and fighting the titan, as you would say, is 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 inspired companies like ROH and 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 um impact in AEW to even try and mm-hmm. it's just like hey like we want to reuse these old storylines because they were good but also we need to learn from our mistakes and not have so many egos and everyone needs a shot yeah. we need to work with people and, and I, I, I feel like a lot of those rights are being wronged in today's time mm-hmm. that could have been saved back then.
2: Mm-hmm. There was even a company, they, they didn't last long they didn't last very long at all they ran like Virginia and the Carolinas they're actually, I think they're on sometimes on, and I forget the name of it but George Scott ran it, and I think they had two different names. George Scott ran it, and a few other people were involved, and they had like the Nasty Boys, a very young Ken Shamrock, who was Vince Torelli. Big John Stud was one of their announcers. They did do, try to do some revivals mm. of it. Smoky Mountain was doing very much a similar like studio yeah. wrestling thing. But yeah, it's it's Jim Cornette will always attest, and maybe uh, uh,
1: he would always attest like if they didn't try to expand, it, they just stayed where they were hot. They would have lasted a lot longer. That's what Ric Flair said. He said they'd still be alive today, which maybe, you know, they just would have ran the Carolinas and just their area there. Yeah. But who knows? But I mean, you go back and watch on on the network while well, it's still there. Who know what happens. I mm-hmm. can watch the old Mid Atlantic or the NWA, the well, WCW. You got to go on WCW. Well, here is some. Here is like some. Anything here, from like eighty three to eighty eight is really good stuff. I mean, the promos are just on fire for a lot of those shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: if you want to get a lot of the watch uh Shivani's podcast has a lot of the watch alongs well, Yeah, well, this
1: year they're doing nineteen eighty six. Yeah. So the, now they said they don't know what's going to. They're going to see what happens with the with the network and what gets transferred over. Yeah. They're, they're going. Episode but one week, they're watching an episode and then talking about it.
0: Yeah, so here's I uh, just go this is a quick little Google search. It said five Jim Crockett promotion matches from the 1980s that WWE fans should watch. And the first one is Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood versus Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Okay, uh, uh, this, let's
1: see if we can guess some of these. Hang there on, has hold, to hold, be hold the cage match, Brian, between Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard. And Tully Blanchard, yep.
0: Uh, do you remember well, you know what show
2: that was? It was a uh, Great American Bass Show, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Magnum that's Magnum the next K, one. Tully Magnum Ta, Tully Blanchard, Great American Bash '85.
1: Okay, then there has to be a Dusty versus Ric Flair, and it's probably the cage match when Ric Flair wins the big gold.
0: Uh, do you have a show? I don't. Uh,
1: Would that be a Starcade? Three
2: '85 wasn't the cage match, was it? No, Starcade '85 was the Dusty finish. Oh, which was
1: the cage match? Where Ric Flair wins, or Dusty wins the world title? I think that was just on a random show. I don't think it okay. was on like a pay-per-view.
0: So there is a Dusty Flair match, and that is the next one here. And it's from a Great American Bash 86.
1: That might be where Dusty wins. About. I think that's it. That's where Dusty yeah. Dusty, Dusty takes down Flair. That's when Dusty yeah. wins the big goals for the first time. And yes. loses it two weeks later. <laughs> now, there has to be a tag team match between the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express, but I don't know which one. There is not. Wow. First it, War Games, Great American Bash. Oh, yeah.
0: War Games 1, Great American Bash 87
2: is the next one on the list. I guess just that war games, yeah, um, those, those Great American bash, like that was a tour. Like they, they later on they would do like a pay per view like show, but it was a tour. It was usually stadiums. They would run like the Vet in Philly. They would run a bunch of them, and I, and one of the years they did the Vet in Philly, I think it was when they did Flair against Road Warrior Hawk. Flair comes in and, like they did with Charlotte. Flair comes into the stadium on a helicopter.
1: Yeah, yeah. They would go for like seventeen days, like a couple weeks. They would do the the tour. The so, last match is a tag team match. Is it does that the Fantastics?
0: It does not. And is it has it the Rock and Skywalker's
2: Road Warriors Midnight Express. Oh God, it's
0: Road Warriors, but, but not against the Midnight Express.
1: Road Warriors versus uh, Sting and Ric Flair. No, uh, Arn and Tully.
0: Arn T- Tully oh, okay. and Arn. Wow. Starcade '87 is is the is was the last one here.
2: Hmm. Uh, I think the Midnight Fantastic or Midnight Rock and Rolls matches are probably a little better than. Yeah, that. I would. Yeah, put them along. But on. the Road Warriors, the Road Warriors, yeah. they were a spectacle.
0: Yeah, so when you search Jim Crockett Promotions, you get Dusty, Nikolai Volkov, Tully Blanchard, Ricky Steamboat, Johnny Nikita Weaver. Nikita Koloff.
1: What did I say? Nikolai Volkov is, Nik- yes, Nikolai is in Volkov. WWE. Sorry, WWE. sorry.
0: Ricky Steamboat, Johnny Weaver, Paul Jones, Te- uh, Terry Taylor, George Paul, South. Paul Jones, not a good promo.
1: But you get all the good Ric Flair promos. You get the Rock and Roll yeah. Express and, and Jim Cornette with the Midnight Express. the Hard
0: Times. Was, was yeah,
1: that, yeah, Dusty, even. You know? All the Hard Times promos. Uh, Magnum TA was was super hot at the time until the his accident.
0: I wonder if this is going to be a shitty... Thing. I, I, sometimes when you look at Google posts, it just gives you like a nightmare.
1: That's what. That's one of the things that that like everyone loves. neck like, nowadays, is they would like have their match go off to the side, and then have the promo area, and they'd cut the promo yeah. there with Tony Schiavone yeah. or, or or what's his name. So up. this is David Crockett. Yeah, David Crockett. People would
2: always, he would always Bob- give David Crockett crap about
1: how how bad of an announcer he was. He would be one of the best announcers in the business. Yeah, today. Bob Coddle Bob Coddles is very good. <laughs> Wrestling fans, come on in now. Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. Come on in. What do you have to say?
0: <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get let's let's wrap this up here. Great, great topic, tonight, Brian. I, I love this older stuff because, like I said, I, I'm not I'm not going to here and pretend that I'm this mm-hmm. wrestling guy.
1: But I like, believe there is a an NWA DVD that they made, like a documentary about. Jim Crockett and think?
0: Like on the like well, not, I, I I, gotcha I, I was say go check the it network. It might be but, on the network, but yeah.
1: then we're losing yeah. the network in a month. Might have been uh, like the rise and fall of Mid Atlantic. Yeah, I think I think like that's that, yeah.
0: something
2: like that. Yeah. And it,
0: it is very good. Um let's, let's wrap it up here. Thank you once again for the topic, Brian. Did a great job as always. This this older yeah, stuff fun. is always super insightful. Um, what
2: what do you got to plug? Projecthumanoid.com. Ah, uh, you're it's, growing it's, that network. Yeah, it's uh it's just easier to put everything under one umbrella. Uh, two podcasts now. Pedantic murder, my dude. A very, very much revamped shop. We had a shirt we were planning on doing for a long, long time. Uh, you can finally buy the fifty percent badass, fifty percent little teapot shirt. Uh, and and many other, many other things. Uh, pedantic shirts, murder my dude shirts. I think we're actually just working on a project humanoid shirt. Nice. All the newest episodes of both shows are out. We did change our schedule a little bit, so uh, the new murder my dude is actually going to be out uh around midnight tomorrow so not midnight like in 45 minutes if you're watching live but midnight after that yeah uh we this is our third annual show where we did murder oh dude it's like an irish theme thing even though it's a little after saint patrick's day we actually recorded it on saint patrick's day i did a little uh nice while while recording the show um i think i held it together pretty much drinking the, and podcasting for is for fun. The, <laughs> um and it's about uh this woman darkie kelly and uh this is very, very interesting dorkus was a real name but they would call yeah. her darky I, I don't um, know what's better <laughs> and, and so like there's all this folklore about it it's actually something like maybe uh there's not really a lot of overlap between murder my dude and truth behind illusion but uh some people thought she was a witch Ooh. Uh, some people thought she was victimized by this group called the hellfire club not the comic book and yeah, not the x-men uh, the one they're White based Queen. off of uh right uh, but there, there's a lot of interesting things with that. Some people think she still haunts Dublin to this day. Uh, so we look at her story. We we look at some of the newer things. We did cover that horrible, horrible thing that happened in Atlanta. Um, yeah. And yes, yeah, so uh, who died the worst? You know, the, the usual. Hmm. So sounds, sounds very, it's, good. It's, very good. It's, interesting. It's topic. all in, It's all at ProjectHumanoid.com.
0: I I can proudly say I have listened to every single episode. Wow. Of murder, it's awesome. Every single one
2: all 102 of them cuz this is going to be 103. Yeah.
0: Pod- Pedantic's a very good show. Um that one is uh I mean, I'm selling it for you. I'm sorry, <laughs> but like, it's just <laughs> the, you start with a keyword and they kind of and end on another one, and it's it's just kind of like the history of words and mm-hmm. fixing things. I know the last one you guys went into daylight savings yeah. versus daylight saving time.
2: Yeah, and and that one's I mean, we've only done two of them. We're, number three is going to be coming out next weekend, so we're, it's it's evolving a little bit. It's mm-hmm. we're going to be a little more do a little more thing. We have we have games we're doing now, more, nice. more like kind of fun stuff. We're going to do more segments. We we were talking about doing a show before talking back. That's probably just going to get folded into this. Yeah. Uh, we're just kind of talking about like old memories and things like that but yeah there's always going to be like just uh more of a, a more free open yeah, form talking could, yeah. yeah
0: it's it's great i think they're both good shows uh definitely go grab some merchandise help them guys out and uh and follow project Humanite. Uh, they also just started on uh, not just you can check them out on social media facebook instagram and and twitter but also they just made uh youtube accounts so you can listen yeah so you can listen to the we're audio doing on video. youtube like it's, yeah
2: it, we don't do video but uh, but you can listen to it on YouTube with like a a, a static image. Yeah,
0: down there. It's, it's good. I think it's a good idea. So go, go give him some subscribers over on YouTube. Help him out. Uh, what do you got?
1: We already plugged it, but independentwrestlingtv.com yeah. and go all over there for the thing, but go on the Facebook and watch Can't Believe Frog tomorrow night. Camper's Choice. I will be on it. I think it's 6 it starts. Yeah, I'm not sure. So just just watch it. Go on earlier. Go on at like 4 and just check the times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
2: facebook.com slash independentwrestling for that. And I think their website is independentwrestling.tv. And then uh, I have this pulled up for you, Andy. Uh, The week after that, the 27th, Mm -hmm. next Saturday, uh, Andy and his tag team partner, Matt Turner, Team Blue and Gold, will be in East Stroudsburg. Yeah, East Stroudsburg. East Stroudsburg. They will be uh, challenging for the NTW tag team titles. Against friends of the show, the Diamond City War Machine. Ooh, can, we, can we get three uh, reigning champions? Yeah. and
1: uh, this Well, they're double yes, champs, now. Be, right?
2: You guys are both yeah, double
1: but not, champs. Yeah, but they're separate promotions. Yeah. So these ones we won at the same place, so. It's a, it's a little different because like they can't... I guess they could defend both at once, but they're probably defending the ones that they're wrestling for yeah. next weekend.
0: But in photo-wise, you're both champions yes, who are yes. holding How about two that? sets yeah. of belts and at the, the same The ones time.
1: that were very nice, I wish I could have took them. <laughs> yeah, are they? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, where's yeah. our, where's our yeah, belts for the, the table? let me take them. <laughs> they're like, they're, they're, they're gonna gonna be, all uh, brand new, so I didn't even ask. Yeah, It's
2: going to be very fun. It's going to be a super show. A lot of different indie things, uh, different indie companies yeah, under and, one umbrella.
1: And Ace Austin was at the last one, so I don't think he's at this one, but... Um, he's a, he's on the rosters. So.
0: Want to give a huge shout out to the Diamond City War Machines We just did our shirt exchange. They oh, got, okay, cool. They got their they got their uh, Tornado Tag podcast shirts, and we I got the Diamond City War Machine shirts. So always interested in doing shirt exchanges with local talent, so I can wear your shirt and keep my uh, my wrestling T shirt collection showing off on social media going.
1: Um What are you wearing tonight? Uh, an Oscar and Kairi Zayn shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pink. I was like, oh, it's pink and it's Oscar and Kairi Zayn. It says it actually in katakana on it. So yeah. that's why I got what
2: it. What are you wearing, Brian? I went with one of my old favorites, the Intimate Warrior. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I wear that
1: one a lot.
0: I'm wearing my brand and, uh, new pro wrestling uh, loot shirt, the Rock and Roll Express.
2: Oh, very nice. We got very Ricky nice. and Hoot on there. Yeah. <laughs> and they're younger and also, days. Also, for the local listeners, uh, if you're interested in that show, Next Saturday, it's at the Big Wheel Roller Skating Venue in East Stroudsburg, thirty-two twenty-six North Fifth Street. Ooh, there you ooh. go, North Fifth Street, East Stroudsburg, PA. Yeah.
0: And that's next. Not Saturday? far from Allentown. Next, next Saturday, yes. Next Saturday.
2: I, yeah, I don't have the time here, but yeah, next Saturday the twenty seventh. I think it's the normal time, like seven. I, I believe. Yeah,
1: it's usually one. I mean, it might be a little bit earlier, but I don't think so. I, I have to see if I have anything going on that. I, I
0: know I'm trying to. I try to book my interviews on Saturdays, so it's hard for me to. Like I had to cancel an interview for this weekend. Um, But yeah, uh, check out the IWP Network. Um, Next week is Choose Behind Illusion? Question mark? I think so. I have, to, I have to look at the schedule, but yeah, I think next next Friday we'll be back with Triple Behind Illusion, and then we have nothing yet planned for the future when it comes to next month. So we'll keep you updated with that. Uh, I think we're just gonna kind of go week to week instead of like saying in advance. Like we're gonna try to we'll figure out the group chat. And we'll let you guys know what's coming. Um, we have some like I said some fun stuff going on. I think um, we might have a Saturday interview coming up soon mm. for Not Cool in High School, where we might do like a Saturday episode where we uh, interview somebody. Okay. Um, I don't know if the entire if everybody will be here because it's hard to get everybody here. Yeah. Um, but it'll definitely at least be me and Nikolai. Nikolai set up an interview, um, which is exciting. And then, uh, like I said, Truth Behind Illusion. Follow them all. on IWP Network on all social media, mm-hmm. and then you can check us out. We are on the quest for one K, so we're trying to hit a thousand followers on all social media. So if you head over to Instagram and help us out, that'd be great. Twitter, and uh, if you're watching this on Facebook or Twitch. Uh, you can go to th- those as well, as well as uh, YouTube. We're we're, uh-huh. we're just about we're just under five hundred people. Wow! So if we can get a few more likes or subscribes over on Twitter, that would greatly greatly help. Our last interview with uh, Yeti, a local rapper from uh, Monty okay. City, I
1: immediately thought about the coolers. The coolers. I was like, you interviewed them. That's yeah. awesome. You, um, you didn't think about the Yeti? I didn't think about the, the yeti. yeti which I hope he's in that Tony Schiavone graphic novel. Yeah,
0: he uh, he's a good kid. He's been friends with my brothers since they're Like oh, I've watched this oh, okay. kid grow up. Very nice. But he uh, he he promoted. The hell out of the, the YouTube one. And oh, nice! It's been a long time since we had a good number, a good view numbers mm-hmm. on YouTube, and he definitely brought the he brought the heat with his interview. And a cool. lot of people reached out and they liked it. And good. Uh, other people are trying to book on the show now, so it was a, it was a good hit. So. Yes, the, the support's very grateful. Uh, we appreciate it. Like I said, uh, merchandise is available on T Public as well as Teespring. If you buy a t shirt or anything, take a picture and send it to us. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, we'll definitely show you some love on social media and, and help you out. Uh, that'll do it for Tornado Tag Podcast. We're out of here. We're gonna go shoot the Patreon. So if you gonna if you wanna go check out the Patreon, it, it's five bucks to check out the episodes on patreon.com slash interviews at our IWEP network. And we're gonna be booking our worst WWE current day roster mm-hmm. match our matches show, show. show. and, and um, we're going to talk uh, what's going on today in wrestling some news here and then we'll also be covering Fast Lane. so if mm-hmm. you want to come over and hang out go check that out and uh, it'll, it should be up momentarily we're going to record no. it and then just give us time and we'll get it posted in the future but here's some Billy Trey and we'll see you guys next time in the year 2000 <laughs> <laughs>